everyone welcome back to the greatest podcast in the universe we've been away from you for a month or so uh taking a bit of a winter break but we wanted to come back and wrap up 2022 before returning properly for the 2023 season uh, in mid-January. So this is our best of 2022 episode. This is the podcast where two best friends talk all things pop culture. Um, and yeah, I'm George and I'm here to host you, but I can't do it alone. So you have a second host and that host's name is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, George? I am great. Uh, it's lovely to be back. There's been It's been a tough autumn. But I'm within a couple of days of the of the of the Christmas holidays, the winter holiday. So, um, you know, we can do this. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to do this again. We've been it's been a while. Uh, I've been away. I went back to our home of three years. I went to Japan for for some time. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to mm-hmm. be back and talk to you and see your wonderful face and hear all your yeah, wonderful babe. stories and things thanks um so yeah uh, good so today we're going to do best of 2022 and we're going to take so we're going to start but we're going to talk about our favorite albums of the year we're going to talk about our favorite tv shows of the year we're going to talk about our favorite movies of the year yeah i'm going to talk about my favorite video games of the year while you listen politely and then We're going to have a look ahead into the future at the albums, films and TV shows that will hopefully be entertaining us in the coming months, including one TV show that's going to start in January that I I, I thought about it the other day. I mm. thought about how excited I am about this TV show and I started crying. Oh, George. <laughs> I'm excited p- to know pathetic. what it is. Oh, good Lord. I'm, I'm tearing up now just thinking about it. Oh my I goodness. hope it's good. Okay. What if, can you imagine if it's bad? Oh, if it's bad, I'll 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 quit. <laughs> Everything. I'll get off. <laughs> this is culture catch up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. Let's discuss our favourite albums of the year. Yes. As usual, I've done my favourite 10 in a ranked list because I love to rank things um, based on preference. You don't like doing that, so you've just got a list of the things you enjoyed Yes, and we'll merge them together into a super list of good stuff. So, I'll start. Good. My number 10 favourite... Please do. (laughs) My number 10 favourite album of the year is an album by a hard rock band uh, that I don't think you're particularly familiar with called Alter Bridge. Um, no, you're but they're good. They're a good group. They're almost a super group. Do you remember a band from years ago called Creed? Yes, I do. Yeah. Actually. So, the lead singer of Creed was a guy called I think he's called Scott Stapp. Mm. And I think he was. I don't know too much about him, so I don't want to. I don't want to throw dirt around. But I think he wasn't the easiest to work with. He ended up leaving the band, mm. and the remaining members, including uh, highly respected guitarist Mark Tremonti, formed a new band called Alter Bridge, and they recruited a new vocalist in Miles Kennedy, 
who is a guy who's got a pretty uh, pretty high vocal range. He's got a very good singing voice. He mm. sings for Slash on his solo material okay. when he's not uh, in Guns N' Roses. And he also um, releases his own music periodically. And mm. so does Tremonti. So the members of Alter Bridge are all very busy musicians on their own time. So they tend to get together a bit like Clockwork once every three years yeah. to record and release a new Alter Bridge album. Then they'll do a big world tour of that album. Then they'll go off and do their own stuff. And then they'll reconvene when it's time to do more Alter Bridge. And... Um, it's produced some really amazing music. I, I really like Alter Bridge. Uh, all the albums that they've done have got stuff worth listening to. It's very kind of heart on your sleeve. Not particularly innovative rock, but it is mm. like really enjoyable to listen to. And their latest album, Pawns and Kings, um, I wasn't really paying attention to them, so it came out of nowhere a little bit for me, and it's good. It's their probably one of the heaviest albums they've done to date it's got some really great songs on it and uh, there's a riff on there that guitar magazine something named as the best guitar riff of the year it's that kind of music mm. and it's good and i saw them live uh, about a week and a half ago in manchester and they were great it was a really good show they had uh, support from hailstorm who are really good um lizzie hale fronts them female fronted rock band who uh, who i like and then the support act underneath was eddie van halen's son's band wolfgang van halen uh, mammoth and that was uh, interesting to see so yeah. yeah no they're good i like them and then the album's great that's my number 10 sounds great my number <clears throat> yes my number nine is the uh, latest album from a band that i shared with you earlier this year due to the um intense uh disparity between the lead singer what they look like and what their voice sounds like and um, it is arch enemy and their newest album deceivers and um, yeah. I don't listen to music this heavy usually. I listen to heavy metal, but I normally don't listen to music where the singer's voice is that sort of screaming, um, loud screaming kind of thing. But something about this band, the way they mix melody with that kind of harshness, uh, I really mm. like. And I thought this album was brilliant. There's a song in it called The Watcher, which I just, there was a couple of days when I just listened to that song over and over and over again. I think it's brilliant. And um, yeah, Alyssa White Gluz, the singer, she's she's wonderful. So yeah, Deceivers by Arch Enemy. You remember right. them, right? I do, I do remember, and I it's it I I couldn't believe that that voice was coming out of that body, and mm-hmm. uh, I I I kind of understand why it attracted your attention since you like strange and wonderful and bizarre things. Um, yeah. I don't know how. It happens. It doesn't seem possible that that voice comes out like that, but sounds interesting. Yeah, it's good, man. Um, in at number eight, I've got um the latest album from Carly Rae Jepsen, ah. who I am a big fan of. Carly mm. Rae, her album. She did an album called Emotion back in like twenty fifteen, which album. still is like the soundtrack of my time in Japan, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I used to cycle around and listen to that album all the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, her newest album's not quite gone, sorry. And um, we listened to it constantly and sang it at karaoke, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, her, album, her newest album isn't quite on that level, but I did really enjoy it. It's called The Loneliest Time. And um, my one of my favourite songs of the year, Beach House, is on that album. And mm. the rest of the album holds up as like a really good... Uh, strong listen as well yeah. so yeah i like it did you give it a go at all yeah i had i listened to beach house and then i had really high expectations and then i listened to it and i didn't enjoy it as much as emotions i didn't 
I didn't and maybe I haven't given it enough time because it came out at the same time as other albums that I have I definitely mm-hmm. gave a lot of time to. Um Beach House is incredible, really good song. The rest I mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much, but I'm I'm willing to give it more time because I really like Carly Rae Jepsen and I'm sure there's more to it than I give it time for. So. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah. mean, yeah, once once we're in January and it's a bit quieter maybe and yeah. a bit of distance from um from like Taylor and stuff. Taylor, maybe it would be worth, worth giving it another yeah. yeah, worth giving it another try. Um and yeah, I'd agree that it's not as good as emotion, but I don't think that means it's um bad. Yeah. Still worth a listen. Uh after that I've got um the new album that came out all the way back in February, I think, from Black Country New Road. Oh, yes. Um Ants from up there, uh, really, really good album. Like, manages to be a really complex, challenging post punk album that also has like really listenable, good songs on it. Kind of like um, uh, a more accessible black midi, I think at times. Mm. I I really like this album. Um, it was only marred by the fact that the lead singer um left the band about a week before the album came out which made meant they weren't able to really tour it and stuff but it sounded like he had very you know legitimate reasons to leave it was mm, the right definitely. choice for him it was just a pity um that it meant that these songs haven't really been able to find a, a live setting because they are great songs like chaos space marine and basketball shoes and stuff but um all the same it's a good album mm. and um it was good and i got to see them live later in the year but it was the new kind of restructured version of the band so they weren't playing songs off this album but they were still really good and they've just announced another tour for next year so hopefully they're prepping uh the new material to release and hopefully it'll be just as strong as the uh the old material so uh, i hope they keep going for a long time yeah. after that there's an album we did talk about and that you have listened to the 1975's latest release being funny in a foreign language yes um kind of continues the 1975 tradition of um their album titles being a little bit odd mm. but doesn't necessarily continue their tradition of the songs themselves being a bit odd it's probably the most um predictable release mm. they've ever done it, it there's not much variation in sound on it but because of how you know the songwriting is so strong and they've worked with jack antonoff on this which might be a little bit of a symptom as to why it does all sound mm. a bit the same but yeah. That that what that sound that they're playing with is a really good song sound yeah. and I, you know I like the sound a lot. Songs like part of the band and happiness have yeah. been the soundtrack to my ear a little bit. So yeah, I definitely I like I, it. After the first time I listened to it, I wasn't really convinced by it, but I think I think it's definitely a good album and uh, it's um it takes time though to get into it and and enjoy it. If, for me, it, mm. it took time. I'm not sure if it. No, it took a bit of time for me as well, mm, but I definitely, yeah. I got there. But it's good. It's good. Um, in at number five is an album I think we've both listened to probably, the new Taylor Swift release, yeah. Midnight. Yeah. Uh, came out of nowhere. She just, she announced it in like yeah. October and it came out in November, um, which is impressive for such a huge artist to be able to do that. She's 10 albums into her career now and somehow she's still able to put stuff together that like... Captures the world by storm. Like it's yeah. been a huge release. It's it's massively successful. Vinyl sales Incredible. um out out the out the roof. Um, although cynically she did put out like four different color versions of the vinyl, or whatever. So I think the biggest fans will have each brought four copies of the album. Ah, oh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> but that's fine if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the album itself is great. It so returns good. to a pop sound a bit mm. more from the folklore and evermore stuff. 
Um, but you know, really strong, varied so- songwriting, really good songs. I think Antihero and Bejeweled particularly as yeah. two great singles with brilliant videos. Um, the video for Antihero that she directed herself is is really cool and weird and fun. And then the video for Bejeweled has got the Heim sisters in it, so I'm a big oh, fan so of that, good. along with Lord. Um, yeah. So yeah, what do you think of it? It's such a great album and I, I'm amazed at how incredible of an artist she is and how she stays true to herself but changes her sound and um, she's so honest with her lyrics and mm-hmm. uh, and she doesn't compromise and I, I really like that about her and um and I, I just, it's just a great album. And I, at the beginning, I wasn't really sure about like the 1975, I wasn't really sure about it, but the more I listened to it, the more I enjoyed it. And then I, I had a layover when I was going to Japan and I just listened to this album for like about eight hours, kind of nonstop between this and the 1975 and another artist I'm going to talk about later, but in really, really good album. And with so many layers, really, she's not an artist that does things by chance and I think that's why I really appreciate appreciate her as an artist and I think my favorite song is um Midnight Rain I really like how they changed Midnight Rain I just felt so I don't know just so good but yeah Mm. I really really like this album and uh, I think she's great she is great well done Taylor yeah um yeah, so in at number four, I've got um, the new Big Thief album that came out much earlier I in the year, Dragon, New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. I got to see them. Yes, that's a long... <laughs> great title. Yeah. It is a great album title. Um, double album from them, full of really, really brilliant tunes, like incredibly, incredibly varied songs on there, um, so many different styles and ideas mm. that they're playing with, but all remaining true to their core sound of kind of like folk simple folk music it's it, it's it's wonderful really mm. really good and uh, their live show was was great they mm. turned out to be um quite intense people uh <laughs> the, the the band members um but no good stuff really really enjoyable um then in at number three i've got uh the new arctic monkeys album the car which came out on the busiest music day of the year because yeah. carly ray was out that day taylor swift yeah. was out that day it was tough to find the time for all of them yeah but i did and um, as good as Taylor Swift's album is, at the moment, I've got the car slightly above it because I just, I really, really do adore mm. Alex Turner and company. And yeah. um, I, the sound that they moved into on their last album, they've continued here, but kind of made it a bit broader and more lush and orchestral. And there's some really incredible tunes on there, like There'd Better Be a Mirror Ball and Body Paint. Oh, Body Paint is... Oh. Along with like uh, non singles like uh, sculptures of anything goes, mm. which is a, a wonderful tune. So yeah, um, I, I really like this album, and I can't wait wow. to see them perform it live. Yeah, I didn't give it any 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 second, but I might, you know, I might. Yeah, you it. should. You should. I mean, it's very. It's of a. It's of a tone, and it's of a piece. Um, mm. so you'll either get on with it or you won't. But um, I'd I'd recommend trying it out. I I like. I love it. Mm. Um, yeah, so good. Then in at number two is an album that we've talked about a lot this year. Um, and for me, I've got it at number two. It is the first of the Red Hot Chili Peppers releases this yes. year, Unlimited Love. Uh, we did a whole Great. episode on this, so we both yeah. listened to it a lot and it yeah. really stuck with me. And then I was able to go and see them live earlier in the year so and jealous. see for Shante. And ah, yeah, it was just ah. <laughs> phenomenal stuff. And I can't get enough of um, 
of that of that album. You know, the heavy wing that you pointed out as the best song on those has yeah. grown to be my favourite song on the album. Spotify Wrapped was like, you listen to Black Summer thirty six times this year. Yeah. Or um, a lot of you know a lot of time yeah. spent with that that one song. It's not even my favourite song on the album. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, then they surprise announced and released a second album this year, Return of the Dream Canteen, which is a little bit more open and jammier and funkier mm. and might in the future go on to be preferable for me to this album. But for now, Unlimited Love, because yeah. I just spent so much time with it. Um, and it was just such a great thing for them to be back and yeah. doing what they do again. But, yeah, yeah, same. Like, I didn't give enough time to the second one that they released this year. <clears throat> but Unlimited Love is just such a... A return to Red Hot Chili Peppers to their best, and it was so surprising that I. It's an incredible album, and we've talked yeah. about it. If you want to listen to our episode on that album, and then listen to it because it's so good. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend all of that, and then in at number <laughs> one for me is a true classic in the making. Um, someone who's been away for far too long. It was exciting for them to be back this year. Kendrick Lamar oh, with Mr. Morale and the Big course. Steppers. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Such a great album. Such a great album. Like we did an episode on this as well. So we listened to this album a lot this year and it was an album that, that works as a piece of art, um, mm. you know, as a collective whole. And I loved it. And then I was quite intrigued. I got tickets to see him live, which I went to a couple of weeks ago or back in November. And um, I was... I was worried about whether the album would translate to a live setting because it is such Mm. a kind of coherent piece of work in its whole. And um, no, it was one of the best things I've ever seen in Mm. my life ever. It was was a great show. We got standing, was standing right near where he was performing on this platform that came out into the audience. And um, yeah, it was more than a gig. It was like an actual performance. It had... um, dancers and props and things going in and out of the stage and coming down from the ceiling and bits of it were narrated by voiceover from Helen Mirren of all people oh what um what? <laughs> what yeah Mirren? I don't know why um although he just put out a new video he just put out a new music video for Count Me Out and Helen Mirren is in it um oh, as okay. his therapist um <laughs> well I guess she's got good therapist voice yeah she oh she definitely does um <laughs> she's uh yeah she pops up everywhere have you seen the Barbie trailer yet I've seen the one minute twenty seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was yeah. she there? She's she's doing the narration on that. I'm sure that's her voice. Oh, okay. I was yeah. so stunned by the first scene with Margot Robbie, which looks like a Barbie. <laughs> I'm like, what the? They they do yeah. um two thousand one Space Odyssey like yeah. thing. I was so cool. It is very cool. But there's a voiceover talking about like since the beginning of time, yeah. little girls have had dolls. That's yeah. Helen Mirren. I'm I'm certain that's okay. Helen Mirren. July 2023. How long yes. do we have to talk about this film before it comes out? Like I'm <laughs> just know. we've been talking about it for ages. We are, well and the crazy thing is if, if nothing changes, it's out on the same day as Oppenheimer, the um Christopher oh, yeah. Nolan movie about the atomic bomb. And I am definitely more excited to see the Barbie movie. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm not watching Christopher Nolan. No, no, I'm watching the Barbie movie. But uh, yeah, yeah, I really hope it's good because if it's we've been talking about it for by July 2023 will be a year nearly. Yeah. I think it will and either go it will either be amazing or it'll go down as like a really astonishing failure. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see either way. But I hope it's good because the yeah. cast and the, everyone making it is phenomenal. Incredible. So, yeah. yeah. Everybody's in it. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. 
Um, so yeah, so so that's my favorite album of the year is, is Mr. Royal and the Big Steppers. Did he play anything else uh, apart from uh, the album, or oh did yeah, he, just he did. Go... So a big part of why Helen Mirren's voiceover was there, I think, was to connect new songs to old songs and stuff. So there would be like, um, he'd do a song, he'd do a song off the new album, and then mm-hmm. Helen Mirren would come in and talk about how the song. It, she wouldn't just say this; it was written better. But she she basically talked about how the song was a reflection of his ego, um, and how he needs to learn to rein it in. And then he would do humble. If you see, mm. like he'd he'd kind of make it all thematically linked together. Um, there's a bit there's a bit in one of the songs, a new album, where he talks about how on the Good Kid, Mad City tour, he slept with a white girl. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he 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 does that bit of that song, and then launches into like a medley of stuff off. Uh, he does yeah. that backseat freestyle and a few other things off. Uh, back Good Kid, Mad City. So yeah, he he totally brings it's it, it mostly focuses on. It's like fifty percent of the set was new stuff off Mr. Morale, and then the other fifty percent was a mix of uh, all the first, the other three albums: uh, Good Kid, Damn, and mm. To Pimp a Butterfly, and it was incredible. I loved it. The only bad thing was that the t shirts were rubbish, so I didn't, I didn't buy a t shirt. <laughs> but other, other than that, it was, it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. great list, man. Really, thank you. Really good. Yeah. Thank you so much. What have you got? Uh, so mentioned? I've got some that are uh, equal to you so I didn't make a list because you know uh, you, you're the list person and I'm the rogue person everybody wins in my in my 2022 um, end of year extravaganza um, mm-hmm. so like you uh, I have uh, Taylor Swift's Midnight uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Unlimited Love uh, Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big uh, Steppers we liked those two, uh, the the last two albums that uh, I I mentioned so much that mm-hmm. we are actually made uh, specials, so mm-hmm. you know great albums. Um, uh, and then I've got um an album from a K-pop super band, Blackpink. They released nice. an album, <laughs> which is not really an album. It's more like a extended play. Uh, it's only like. 25 minutes or something um born pink uh it's definitely a great album to listen to uh it's has got um more influences from the girls uh and uh lots of english songs which i particularly don't like too many english songs usually when it comes to um uh k-pop or j-pop artists i prefer them to sing their own language because they're better but it works because uh two of the members actually lived most of their lives in Australia, New Zealand, and one of the members is Thai. So it kind of works that they sing also in English because they all kind of speak a different language. So it's quite interesting, really good album. Did you have a listen to it by any chance? Uh, Only the singles, which I did like, so I I should listen to it at some Mm. point. Um, Yeah. Is it Pink Venom? Is that the big single? Tastes like Pink Venom, tastes like... Yes, it is. It's a good song. Good get it, get it. But it's only twenty minutes. So if you have twenty minutes, have a no, listen. I know, I know. I just keep. Um, there's been it, there's been so many albums out there at the end yeah. of this year that I've just. Uh, not, yeah, it's been not a chance. great music year, yeah, and then uh, also uh, on my uh, top list, I've got a, uh, an artist that I don't really listen. I've never really listened to, but I really enjoy this album. Uh, FKA Twigs, uh, Capri mm. Songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, another another first for me, uh, Nilufer Yanya. 
released Painless this year and I think is a mm-hmm. great album and uh, mm-hmm. I listen to it a lot and I really enjoy it. Um, and then uh, Beyonce's release this year, Renaissance. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love this album. It's a uh, great, like a bit like Taylor Swift. She kind of changed and evolved her sound and she doesn't compromise. And I really, really like this album. It's uh, dancey. She's back in a club and uh, it's, it's, it's good and uh, very popular. Uh, if you're on TikTok, most of the songs are... <laughs> like a little dance routine have you have you given much time to this album no I, I listened to half of it or so once and it seemed good but it's it's in a genre that i don't i don't really dance music and things isn't really my vibe so i've not really given it much of a chance at some point i will but you know it came out in the summer when i was pretty busy mm. and then in in the autumn and the winter it's just been one album after another so i haven't gone back to a renaissance mm. yet but i will i will eventually i'm sure because lemonade is a phenomenal piece of work so i'm you know i'm excited to see anything else that she's done so, yes yeah definitely um and then uh an album that i spoke constantly to you about this summer uh and i was like you need to listen you need to listen i don't know if you have listened uh lizzo's released this year a special you're special no yeah. uh really i i really enjoy this album and i uh, I feel like this this album is more I don't know I I never really I liked individual songs Lizzo songs but I never really enjoyed her albums but I really like this one I like how it starts uh I like how where it goes and it's just a great album and I listen to it a lot um then a surprise on my eight hour layover I kind of got a little bit. Uh, obsessed with Taylor Swift and uh, 1975 so I uh, I found that that day or a couple of days before um, MIA released a new album after six years uh, called Matter and uh, I, I love her style I love what she says she might be a bit of a controversial artist when it comes to certain things but uh, I think it's a, a really good album that includes uh, lots of like different uh, music and uh she's she's a great artist and yeah sometimes maybe there's some things that she says that might be not right but uh, as a as a, an artist and as an album is a really really good album and i think my top album of the year is uh an artist i love uh, king princess's hold on baby i think good it's a great album, album. Mm. Uh, it talks about her and uh, life in general and uh, being in lockdown and uh, doing the same things every day. And I really, really enjoyed this album. And uh, yeah, and that's my, my top uh, artist. Good picks. Are you there? Yeah, no, sorry, sorry, I got distracted by something. Um... <laughs> We're supposed to do a podcast, you can't get distracted. Well... Sorry, I can't. Um, yeah, I like your list. Good. I like that King Princess album. I listened to it once and, or once or twice, and liked it. So I should listen to it more. Cause yeah, it, um, definitely. It seems pre- seems pretty good. The old King Princess. They are a um, great artist. They are a great artist. Uh, so yeah, that was that was good. That was our music choices of the year. Uh, up next, shall we do TV? Yes, TV shows. 
Great year good. for TV shows this year. Crazy good year for TV shows. I don't normally mm. manage to get a top 10 together, but this year I had to like cut stuff out and yeah, be, be quite selective. So it's been good. I've enjoyed TV this year, so let's talk about it. I've got a list again, so I'll start with my number yes. 10. Uh, and my number 10 is is at number 10 because I've only watched three episodes of it so far. It could easily move higher up the list um, as I go. So <clears throat> it is the latest Netflix slam dunk smash hit Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Great news. It? Yeah, of course. I've seen it. I've watched all the episodes in like two all days or something. Them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty good. I like it so far. I think that uh, the the highlight of it is Jenna Ortega oh, as hundred percent. Um, because she's been great. Like I, I first saw her in what did she show up in before this? She was and in she was Scream. In, yeah, an X. Oh, yes, so she's in yes. X, and she's very good in X. Like yeah. really good in X. Mm. Um, her character. She's probably got the character that goes on the biggest journey throughout the, that film. I think. Mm. Uh, anyway, she's very good in X, and um, she's very good in the Scream movie. And um, from those two movies, I was like, Jenna Ortega's pretty good. And then, yeah, Wednesday, wow, she is phenomenal in the role, especially because if you're not good, you're going to get torn apart because Christina Ricci has already perfected it in the past. Yeah, exactly. When she she was like 10 years old. So you've got to, you know, you've got to come. And yeah, no, Jenna Ortega was perfectly cast in it. She's wonderful. Mm. The show around her seems a bit more... Like people are talking about, it's been a bit as big a hit as Stranger Things, and the difference oh. with Stranger Things is Stranger Things feels like a complete mm. world yeah. and a complete work, whereas mm. this feels a bit more like a TV show. Um, yeah, the actors in it feel more like TV actors. Like particularly, there's a guy playing the sheriff who just is like very much. <laughs> I've turned up and I'm I'm I'm, I'm suspicious yeah. of you. Like it feels a bit more cl- kind of cliche and typical, but. It's got Wednesday Adams at the centre of it, and that's a great mm. character, and it really works. And yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. it. What What do you think of it? Having watched all of it, like I really enjoyed it, uh, and Jenna Ortega is amazing. Um, it, it's not perfect. It's got lots of flaws. It's maybe for us, maybe we're a bit too old for it, uh, mm. because it's just a little bit bland, and uh, maybe the story is not as complex as it could be. Um, yeah. however I really Jenna Ortega kind of like l- carries the show and the more you watch the show the more the characters develop better and they become um, more they get, get more into their character and the and the chemistry changes and so um, it's got lots of flaws and you can't compare it at all to Stranger Things like Stranger mm. Things is there's there are some flaws, but it's not like this. This is more kind of a a TV show that you can enjoy watching without too being too nervous about it. Uh, mm. But it's 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 good. It's a good show, and I think I think maybe a second series, a second season would make it better. And uh, mm. yeah, and uh, I, I you know it, it's it's entertaining, and that's the good thing. Is also it's really entertaining without being too serious yeah i would agree with that yeah it is it is entertaining like the three episodes i watched are really enjoyable there's really good moments in them like the first episode has got 
you know, a lot of good stuff in it, but the bit where she is playing the cello on the roof oh, and the way amazing. like Jenna Ortega yeah. plays it, like just does it really well as Wednesday. Yeah. That's brilliant. Episode two has got the Poe Cup, the canoe race, yeah, which is really so good, good and entertaining yeah. and like a great float throwback to Adam's yeah. family values. Um, and episode three has got, um, there's a whole sequence set like this outreach day thing in the town. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a statue ends up getting set on fire, which is a cool bit. So yeah. And then cool. it's got this montage showing how all the characters are kind of finishing their day at the end of the episode, and that mm. the montage has got a instrumental cover of "Nothing Else Matters" by yeah. Metallica playing oh, so over good. it, which is yeah. very cool. I love it. Um, in the next episode, you spend more time with her family, which is interesting. Yeah, that's I'm I'm intrigued to see more of them because I'm pretty I'm pretty on board for Catherine Zeta Jones as mm. Morticia, but I'm yeah. still need to be convinced by Louise Guzman as Gomez because it's so different to yeah what Raul Julia was doing in the nineties that I want to just um yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. But we'll see. Th- He's I a good actor. I think in the next episode you'll 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 like him more and you see oh, more okay, of okay. a relationship between him and Wednesday. And Good. it's um and also a relationship between Catherine Zeta like Morticia and Wednesday, you see cool. it more how the dynamics work. But um, yeah, because I mean Gomez has had about five lines so far, so it's not been enough time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but but uh, right, I mean, off the back of watching a couple of episodes of Wednesday, I went back and watched the films from the nineties again. Oh, and, um, so good. Raúl Julia as Gomez is one of the all time. Oh. Just every single line of dialogue he has is is, is yeah. amazing. He's so so good. So like yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's a hard one to to top. No, as absolutely. is uh, Angelica Houston as Morticia and Christina yeah. Ricci as Wednesday, and Christopher yeah. Lloyd as Uncle Fester. Yeah. It must have been so hard in a way to for <clears throat> Jenna Ortega to take the role as Wednesday, but also having mm. Christina Ricci in front of her acting. Oh yeah, like but you'd hope that were... Christina Ricci provided support as well. I imagine she was quite. Yeah, nice. apparently, apparently she they were all really cool about it, and but it must you know whatever support you have, you're still in front of. Oh no, Wednesday, definitely, yeah. and it must have been yeah. quite like nerve wracking to go, oh crap, why I need to do a good job because you know, she, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, because um, yeah, watch rewatching those movies again, you're just like wow, like she yeah. was like ten years old yeah. in the first one, and she just is perfect. Yeah, so good. So. Great, well great choice. Thank you. Um, so that's my number nine. No, mm. sorry, that's my number ten. My number nine is a show that you probably haven't watched and probably will never watch, but I I enjoyed it, but I don't know if enjoyed is the right word because it was a tough, horrible watch. Mm. Uh, I watched Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer <sighs> story. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, no, no, thank <laughs> you very much. Um it it it's it's a it's a it's the story of Jeffrey Dahmer, one of the most unpleasant men to ever live, a serial killer in America. Mm. What I liked about the show was it 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 shows you what happened to him and how he became who he was a little bit, or at least you know our best guess as to how he became who he was, mm. and what his life was like. But it also really because it's quite long; it's like ten episodes. Um, it really takes time to dig into the people around him and how his he affected them. So in particular, mm-hmm. Richard Jenkins as his dad, Lionel Dharma, does a very good role. Um it's it's a, he has to really reckon with the fact that he might be partly responsible. It, 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 yeah. Who knows how somebody becomes like that, but there's scenes in it where Jeffrey Dharma is a young boy and um his dad's helping him pick up roadkill off the road and practice mm. taxidermy on it, like stuffing these animals. And he's got to sit there and be like, well, am I 
partly to blame for encouraging this kind of obsession with the macabre. But then there's loads of people around the world that do taxidermy. It doesn't mean yeah, you're exactly. be a serial he... killer. It's just like, how do you reckon with that? Was he a Sorry, cannibal? So he, yeah, he like cooked his victims and ate bits of their flesh and he tried, like he drilled holes and while they were still alive, he'd drill holes in their heads and pour oh. acid in to try and turn them into zombies. Like properly distressingly disturbing things that he I used to do. Yeah, watch the stuff like that. The worst man. Well, you don't, that isn't really portrayed, like it's talked about, but you don't see too much of that. Um, yeah, but... there's a, there was a woman, there was, there was a woman <laughs> who was his, like, and, and it also shines a light on some of the, like there's one case in particular where I had a 14 year old boy with him in his flat and this boy escaped and collapsed outside because he'd been drugged and his neighbour, this woman, found this boy, called the police and then Jeffrey Dahmer turned up and said, oh, it's my boyfriend, we've just had an argument, I'll take him back in. And the police helped him to get him back into the flat and then left. And it's a real element of like, because Jeffrey Dahmer was gay and he was describing this person as his boyfriend, the police were like, we don't want anything to do with this, this is gross to us, so we're going to... Yeah, so like that's awful and that's definitely something that people should be should be aware of that that you know some of these murders are at, at, obviously Jeffrey Dahmer did it but there is culpability to go around um just, but he was a 14 year old boy yeah 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 but they they Jeffrey Dahmer was like no he's not he's 21 or whatever and the police just believed him they didn't check what on him. the hell uh, um and that really happened like there's an episode that ends by playing the real nine police emergency call that this neighbor made and then <gasps> there's there's a whole episode that follows this woman the neighbor who had been like trying to sign the alarm for months before he got caught um. Yeah, distressing stuff. But the show's good. Evan Peters plays Jeffrey Dahmer's Jeffrey Dahmer's Jeffrey Dahmer, and um, he's very good. Evan Peters yeah. is very good in the role, and um, yeah, it's a good show, but it's a tough watch, and I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. But I, no, I, again, I don't know if I can say I enjoyed it, but I, I'm glad I watched it. Anyway, is it on Netflix? Yes, it's a Netflix show, and it's going to be an anthology series. So this is called Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, and apparently they're going to make other Monster, the something something story seasons. So we'll see who mm. they decide to uh, shine a light on next. Ed Gein, maybe. But anyway, Ooh. Ed Gein is a he was a grave robber in like the fifties in America, and Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is loosely based on him. Ah, okay. As is a uh, what's his name from Psycho. Norman Bates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bad guy. But not a serial killer because he only killed two people. Hmm. Interesting. But he dug up lots more and made a belt made of human nipples. So, <laughs> lovely guy. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Yeah. Anywho. Number eight, I've gone <laughs> for... Um, so, of the, of the Marvel TV shows that were on this year, Moon Knight didn't quite make my top ten, but I did enjoy Moon Knight. Um... Mm. The two that did make my top ten and the next two in my list, and at number eight, I've got Miss Marvel, um, a show that you are a bit hot and cold on, I think, it's fair to say. Uh, if you think about the kind of stuff I like, slice of life, coming of age, you know, kind of that, I, I, I had high expectations, and I did enjoy it, I just felt like... What is that? <laughs> what are you doing with your hand? High expectations, uh, but the reality. Is... But the reality, I wasn't really uh, sold on it. I think Miss Marvel is great. I think the relationship with her parents is fine. But just the guys around her are just so bland that they kind of like, you know. But it was fun. It was a fun watch. I didn't I didn't mind it. It wasn't as good as I was expect- expecting, but it was good. 
I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think the love interest boy and the best friend boy were very boring, dull, but she's great. Yeah. And, you know, you know, this whole it doesn't this doesn't really affect the quality of it, but you know, you can talk about how it's nice to have representation for people that yeah. don't normally get Absolutely. representation in superhero media and um I thought the relationship she has with her parents in it is really lovely. The mm. actors playing her parents are really good. And I don't know, I just liked it. I thought it was a good sort of light hearted bit of fun. Yes. Similar to the next one, which I loved, uh, She Hulk Attorney at Law. Um, mm-hmm. She Hulk's a character that I really like. Um, breaks the fourth wall, but not in the way that not as ch- teenage boyishly as Deadpool does. Uh, um, and uh, t- played by Tatiana Maslany, who's an mm. actress that I really, really like, and it's nice to see her on on a bigger stage, getting a bigger audience. And I just really loved this show. I thought it was funny and well written and. I liked it. it. Didn't have an overarching story really. Each episode was its own thing. A lot mm. of the time, you've got the episode of Benedict Wong playing Wong and dealing with magicians that yeah. are stealing his magic powers. That he doesn't like. You've got the episodes at Tim Roth's um retreat for anger management stuff, which I liked mm. that episode. There's an episode of Daredevil in it where they take down Frogman, which was mm. my f- favorite episode of the season. And then it all goes a bit off the rails and crazy and mad at the end. Uh, in a meta mm. way, but I, I was there for the whole thing and I, I enjoyed it. How did you feel about it? I watched it. And yeah. I promised I would watch it and you said you have to watch it and I watched all episodes so you wouldn't come for me when I didn't okay. particularly. I, I didn't I didn't like it very much. Uh, I found it very, mm. um, I, I found it bland, more bland than the characters in Miss Marvel. I think Miss Marvel is much better. Uh, I did. I didn't. I didn't. I really didn't like the meta thing at the end. I thought that was weird. It was just like, why do you have to explain to me why you're doing this? Uh, just do it. Um, mm-hmm. I liked Tatiana Vislani. Uh, I think she did her best in kind of like a weird script thing. There are some funny moments. I really liked Wong and the relationship with this like random girl that he meets and this guy watching the the Bachelor. I thought that was really fun. Um, I I. Yeah, I found I found her assistant really annoying. Oh, okay, I didn't. Yeah, really. Uh, but I don't know. I'm hoping that maybe next, if they do another season, maybe it'll be better. Maybe this was just like teething things and make it better. But I, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy it, unfortunately. But I did watch it. Well, that's just fair. No, I liked it. I was in, I was on board. I thought it was brilliant. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's She Hulk Attorney at Law. Uh, number six is a show that you probably haven't seen. Uh, but it is an obsession at the moment for me. It's still on <laughs> and it's not finished yet. Okay. It's a show called The Traitors um, on the BBC. And um, mm. the only, like, it's the type of show that I never would normally watch, which is a reality sort of competition show. You know, I never watch that kind of thing. Like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here and stuff like that. It's not mm. really yeah. for me. But something about this has really hooked me in. Uh, I started watching it just because me and my housemate a few weeks ago were watching the England World Cup match. I think it was the one against America. Mm. And it ended, and then we were too lazy to change the channel on the television. <laughs> and the next thing on BBC One start, just Is there one of those 1950s television where you have to No, the remote button. was there. We just, <laughs> like, 
there was nothing there was nothing that I was particularly wanting okay. to watch, so it just kind of let it continue. And then the show started and it looked awful and we were both like, God, this looks terrible. But we just again we just let 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 it play out and we got hooked into it pretty quickly. Okay. Um and the idea is that the BBC have collected together twenty two of the worst people they could find, um, magicians and actors and all sorts mm. of lunatics. And um they they've put them all up for however long in this castle in the Scottish Highlands and every day they have to do like a mission which could be like rolling barrels various sizes mm. up a hill in a certain time limit or finding solving riddles or the, there's a great one where they have to like they split them into two sets of groups and one group has to go to a church and play a song on the church bells and the other group has to work out what song it is and um find an answer to a riddle as a result of the song and like some of them are just not able to do these this bell anyway it's so funny yeah um and then based on how well they're doing the game they get add a certain amount of money to the prize fund and at the end everyone will split the prize fund between themselves the twist is that in the first episode the host who is the new Davina McCall Claudia Winkleman um picks mm, yeah yeah she's not one of my I don't it's good in spite of Claudia Winkleman's presence. Um, <laughs> but the uh, she picks three of the people at random to be traitors. And those three people um, are... If they can... If by the end of the series there is still a traitor left in the group, then the traitors will take all of the money and the, the faithful, wow. who are the non-traitors, mm. will get nothing. And... Um, the uh, if they can get if the faithful can find all the traitors, then they can split the prize between themselves. Mm. Uh, so at the start, you've got twenty what eighteen. It's it's about it's, there's like eighteen faithful and three traitors mm. or something like that at the start. So or nineteen, I don't. Know. The 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 thing that happens every day is first of all after the mission, they have a thing called the round table where they all go into this room with a big round table in it and they all sit around the table so they're looking at each other and they have to have a discussion about who they all think might be a traitor, okay. and um, accusations start flying. There's one, <laughs> there's an episode early on where they all do a cheers and one person doesn't pick up their glass and cheer, so somebody starts being like, oh. That was suspicious. Maybe you're a traitor. And it's like the evidence the evidence they put forward is as flimsy as that. And also the person who didn't cheer only has one arm, so you can imagine there's a reason that they didn't That's cheer. So what? So, yeah. Okay. And, so and the glass the glass was on the the glass was on the side of their non arms, so they didn't want to reach anyway, but they get accused oh of being goodness. a traitor for this because these people are just insane. And also, oh. to be fair, you are picking it like there's all you've done is play and play a game together for the day. Like there's nothing to go on. So they just have to kind of like, they grab onto any idea they can to like yeah. suggest is. So they have a discussion about who they think is the traitor. Then everyone has to write down on a bit on a chalkboard who they think a, one person that they think might be a traitor mm. and whoever gets the most votes gets banished from the game and has to leave forever. And um, before <laughs> they leave, they have to, yeah, before they leave, they have to turn around and tell everyone whether they are a traitor or a faithful. Okay. And so after these really, like these discussions get so intense, they're yelling, <laughs> they're screaming, they're crying. There's one episode where this this guy has to like leave the room to have like a, he starts hyperventilating. He can't oh, handle really? the emotions because people are accusing him of being a traitor. It's wow. crazy. 
And then when somebody inevitably gets banished and they turn around and say they were faithful and everyone's like, no, we, oh, we got rid of one. What have we done? It's so like, it's created this absolute cult mentality in them um, wow. in just like a couple of episodes. It's crazy. Um, and then what happens once they've done the banishment, everyone goes to bed and the people who are traitors meet secretly in the middle of the night and pick one person to kill and that person gets taken out of the game forever. So every episode, two people get kicked out. So it moves pretty quickly. Wow. Um, and then they all get up the next morning and they all go down to breakfast and they all come into the breakfast room two at a time. So by the end, there's only a couple of people left to come in and everyone's like, oh my God, who's been killed? Who's it going to be? And then eventually one person will walk in and everyone will be like, yay. But then everyone, people have started weeping and sobbing at the breakfast table because their best mate's been killed. Or it's just, it's so intense. Um <laughs> To the point where, like, I was reading an interview of one of the people who have been on it, and she was talking about the duty of care the BBC has for it is really good and strong. Mm. They on set, they all had like a counselor or a welfare officer who looked after them, made sure they were okay, oh, okay. behind the scenes. And then, mm. since even since they filmed it, every day that it's been airing before the episode comes on, each of them get a phone call from their welfare officer checking up on them and making sure they they know what's going to happen in the episode, so there's no surprises and stuff. And that's nice to hear. That doesn't change the yeah. show itself, but it's nice to hear that, you know, they're taking it seriously because yeah. part of me wonders whether they started making the show and within a couple of days, all the producers <laughs> must have been like, oh, this is a bit more than we expected, actually. <laughs> they're going rogue. <laughs> <laughs> they're, going, they're going absolutely wild. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's still on. The final three episodes are going to be on next week and I, I cannot wait. And I'm, I normally, I don't care about stuff like this. I don't watch TV like this, but... Yeah. Gosh, the traitors is something else. I really like it. You just it. like people I, going insane, don't you? you just I do enjoy like watching people human... lose their minds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, really like the yeah. paranoia. The levels of paranoia is crazy, wow. and like there's one episode where one of the traitors goes in on a, like betrays another traitor because they. Uh, it's it, it it is genuinely incredible television. I love no. it. I say, ah, oh, you can betray another traitor. Well, you shouldn't have to, but that. like when you do it, when you're doing the round table thing, if the, if suddenly the spotlight starts to move towards you, maybe you throw another traitor under the bus to try and, yeah, oh, it's oh, it's God, it's you know, I can like, play that oh. game. Can you imagine me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably forget the rules at some point and go like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's it, it's amazing. It's, it's great Sounds stuff. Good. So. Yeah, I'd recommend anyone anyone who can access the iPlayer, get on and watch The Traitors. It's just mm. phenomenal television. It's so good. Um, right, after that, we're now in the top five. All of these could have been, in any other year, could have been number one because that's how good this year's been for TV. Yeah. So let's go. And at number five, the Apple TV Plus original Severance, oh, okay. uh, directed in part by Ben Stiller. Yeah. We talked about this. It's the one where... Uh, yeah. When you go to work, you go into the elevator and then your work self... Uh, takes over your body and then when you leave work your out of work self takes back over and you like the two personalities don't know what happens in and out of work so amazing it's a cool concept and then (laughs) well you'd think it would be great but then the way like after watching a season of the show you're like no that would be hellish (laughs) the worst thing that could happen um because you're essentially creating a version of yourself that like for the you that's out of work that's lovely but for you that's in work you never see outside. You never see the sun. You live in yeah. an office. That's and you never get to experience sleep. You just suddenly you're refreshed and have to carry on working at some point. It would be horrible. So it's a mm. fascinating concept, and they explore every facet of it in the show, and it's great. Adam Scott stars in it, and he's wonderful. Um, yeah, 
he's the only person really for the majority of the show that you see in and out of work. Um, okay. His colleagues you mostly just see in the office, but you know as the show goes on, you get a bit more of that. Mm. Um, and it's great. Christopher Walken's in there. John Turturro's in there. It's good stuff. It's really really good. Severance. Um, so well done them. I can't wait for season two, and oh, uh, you should definitely cool. check it out. Mm. I need to get Apple TV Plus. There's quite a good few things I would like love to watch. It has been pretty up. good. Yeah, mm. it's the kind of thing that you can get for a bit and then take yeah. away again because it doesn't... But yeah, the, you've got that. There's a show, there's a spy show called Slow Horses, which is... Yeah, um, and there's something um, that's been... Really good. There's Pachinko. Yeah, uh, re- yeah that one is, I really drama. would love to watch. Uh, Ted Lasso is, is very good. Mm. The, the football coach and, thing. Yeah, and then there's a, yeah. there's a film with Dakota Johnson. I think it's... Oh, there's some yeah I've Cha-cha not watched that. Cha Cha Real Slow or something. Yeah, really that's would like it. To watch. Yeah. Or Cha Cha Real Smooth is it? Or Cha Cha Real Smooth? Not Slow. Yeah, because yeah, it's the it's the it's the American dance, isn't it? Yeah, Cha-cha I think so. Real Smooth. Yeah. But yeah, no Apple TV has some good stuff uh, worth worth checking out. Uh, so yeah, that's that's Severance. After that, in number four, we've got, oh my word, didn't expect anything from this. Was actively kind of against it, but it like and like it completely turned itself around for me because I absolutely love it. It is the Game of Thrones spin off House of the Dragon. Yes. Yeah, and because you know Game of Thrones didn't end that long ago, and it was bad. And um, <laughs> you always who, change your mind. Sometimes you're like maybe it wasn't that bad, and sometimes you're like no, bad. It's pretty bad. Like Game <laughs> of Thrones of Game of Thrones as a whole. Like yeah. it's not all about the destination, is it? With TV, it should be about the journey as well. And yeah. Like, as a whole, Game of Thrones is phenomenal. One of my favourite things that's ever been. But the final couple of episodes, whoa, really, <laughs> I and, and like I liked it longer than like a lot of people started turning against it earlier than I did. But like you can't, yeah, mm. uh, it was such a pity what happened to that. But as a result, I was a bit like I'm not. They're not getting me again. I'm not watching more Game of Thrones <laughs> stuff. I I am. It turns out because wow, first season of House of Dragon is phenomenal. If you haven't ever seen Game of Thrones, don't worry about it. It's set like two hundred years before. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, the cast is incredible. Matt Smith is really, really good as uh, Prince. Vis- I can't remember anyone's names, but he's great. Because um, everyone's called like Viserys or Daenerys or Badaris, Bajaris, Minaris, Kadaris. Like they've all got the same name, but it was like one letter different. So I don't okay. remember. But Damon actually, he's called Damon, Prince Damon. <laughs> That's Matt Smith's names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the like the princess Renera and then the king yeah. Viserys and then the original Daenerys is in game. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Prince Damon is very good. There's a lot of other amazing actors. David Tennant's son is in it. I didn't know it was David Tennant's son until recently, oh. but David Tennant's son is very good in it. Um, Paddy Considine, who I adore, Paddy Considine. He's so good in it as the king Viserys. <laughs> you see him sort of uh, change over the course of the season and watching that is great and he plays it so well so yeah House of Dragon phenomenal stuff and upsettingly we're not going to get any more until 2024 um, oh, wow. because I think yeah it takes a lot to make and I think they were waiting to see how the first season did before they commissioned a second so we've got a bit of a wait on our hands yeah um, not not like we'll the show that you were really excited about uh, uh, what in January <laughs> Yeah, the Lord of the Rings show, and then oh, they commissioned oh. it for five. Oh. <laughs> they they commissioned for five uh, series, and it's uh, it's total garbage. Yeah, and it started at the same time as House of Dragon, and I was really excited about that, and not excited about House of Dragon. And it turned out House of Dragon great, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, big pile of poo. Like, what are you <laughs> gonna do about it? 
Um, and yeah, they've committed to five seasons of that, so whether we like it or not, there's going to be much more. And I'll carry on watching it because it's Lord of the Rings, but they really need to find a way to write the ship because that first season was pfft, rubbish. Mm. Um, uh, but anyway, number three. Um, the next three are all things that we've both watched. In at number three. Um, oh, Yes. Phenomenal cool. TV. You don't know what I'm about to say. No, you know what you're about to say. Str- Stranger Things 4? Yes, baby. Yeah. Best TV ever. Pretty pretty high up there. It's pretty phenomenal insanity. that we got this this year. And it's only at number three on my list. Um, yeah, so just des- destroyed me. The best episode of television this year was in this season of Stranger Things with Max <gasps> and the grave. And the, oh, my God. Oh, it still makes me <sighs> emotional when I think about it. Um, that was so good. Yeah, for, like broke me in tiny little pieces, and it still yeah, does. Yeah, for a TV show that I had liked for three seasons to come back with a season this strong is impressive because I like it yeah. more than the other seasons. I think this might be my favorite season of Stranger Things. Mm, yeah, with a bit of time, maybe the first season. I'm not sure, but good lord, it was good, and I so cannot good. wait for the next season of it. Um, so yeah, Stranger Things for we've talked about it a lot. We've got like two episodes talking about Stranger Things, so go back and listen. <laughs> yeah. and, but wow, yeah, a phenomenal, loved it. Yeah, from beginning yeah, this, to end. This season was like real, like heart wrenching. You know that yeah. all the things that happened and the fact they ended also not positively, not happily. Like it's and <laughs> no, the fact not that at all. We only have one more, and then yeah. that's the end of like one of the best TV shows ever made. Yep. Oh, but I'm um, glad it's finishing in the, in a good note. If it's yep. gonna finish, you know, with a bang, she bang. Absolutely. In at number two, um, the the actual end of I've actually one of the best TV shows ever made. Better Call Saul finished this so, year, and oh. again we've got several episodes on Be- yeah. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and yeah. it was it destroyed so us. So good. Um, so good. There will not. M- I don't know if there'll be a finale of a t- of a TV season as good as the finale of this uh, in so any time soon, but um, yeah, yeah. Again, go back and listen to our episodes on it. We have Better three episodes on on. Yeah. We have two episodes on a Better Call Saul, one episode on the universe of. Yeah, and um, so and the exciting thing is that Vince Gilligan is is back. At the I mm-hmm. think on Apple TV at some point in the future, with a TV show that's going to start. Um, uh, Rhea Seahorn, who played Kim Wexler in Better Call Saul. So I'm so hyped for that. So there will be more good stuff to come from the creative team behind this in the future, but the actual Breaking Bad universe for now is closed and they did it. They they signed it off pretty well. So, so yeah. The best is the thing that we both thought is the best. So, yeah, the number... number. Good. Because, yeah, so like strange, how's Stranger Things and Better Call Saul is like amazing things coming to a yeah. close, but the best yeah. TV show of the year is a new beginning, something brand new that come, yeah. came out of nowhere to shock us all. Uh, the Bear. The Bear. The Bear. Perfect television. The Bear. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a TV show. And I was so happy that we talked about The Bear and you said, I'm at this episode a couple of episodes ago, and you were episode. <laughs> Like five, I think. Five. And I said, wait until episode six or yeah, the next yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. And then you texted me and you're like, what? There's one yeah. episode that gives you straight up palpitations and makes yeah. you feel sick. Yeah. <sighs> it's just incredible. 
Yep, and it all feels like it's all going to fall apart, and then the finale yeah. is just cathartically wonderful, and so it destroys cool. you in her, like when you realize what happened, and you realize what his brother did, and like they they're yeah. all. I don't want to spoil it because people might not have watched it, but like that finale is phenomenal um yeah. and it really makes me excited to see more of the bear it's funny it's heartfelt it's 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 heart-wrenching it's it's yeah. well produced and acted and directed and the soundtrack is truly Amazing. phenomenal yeah, yeah the bear the bear is something pretty special i think so I'm, I'm, yeah I'm and excited. it's real it's something that it's so it could be so relatable and and the characters are so relatable yeah, and, it it feels uh, like it's fallen right out of seventies uh, cinema to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's filmed in an incredible way, and it's such a good show. And I'm gonna watch it again during the Christmas holidays because I I binged it and I just need to watch it again. That's it, because <laughs> it's uh, so yeah. good. And did you love the how the show ended? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The with last the, little the bit. I was sign just like, on the door. Yeah, yeah. I was just so excited. I was like, oh my! I, I've never been so kind of, you know, when you watch something by yourself and you you have emotions, but you don't project them out loud. And this show kind of made me project such certain emotions out loud without having yeah. anybody to share them with. And so the last kind of moments when that music starts again, you go like, oh, and it's so great. It's such a great show. Mm-hmm. 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 Agreed, hundred percent. So good. Um, yeah, the bear. Have you got any other shows that you I haven't mentioned that you want to highlight? Uh, so um, I've got of course Stranger Things, uh, Better Call Saul, Wednesday, uh, the bear, uh, Euphoria. This year, season two of Euphoria came out. Oh yes. And uh, I think I didn't really enjoy season one. It was just a little bit too much. But I think season two is much better. Uh, Zendaya's performance is incredible in it. And then uh, Russian Doll season two. Oh yeah, that was good. That was really really good. the The concept changed this time, and it, it, she, instead of like loop, she went back in time. And uh, you know, Natasha Leon is great in it. And uh, it's uh, I thought season two was great. Uh, just very recently, the White Lotus season two mm. has come out, and yes. in Italy, I they've released six episodes, and on Monday there's going to be the seventh episode, which is the final episode. Oh my goodness, is a journey, and I it's so different from season one, but so similar in certain aspects. But it kind of um portrays a very different kind of society in within the it, yeah. it's still got the the kind of like the the wealth and the wealthy people like people that have always been rich people that uh, are going to i just have just gotten rich but there's it's very different it's not always at the white lotus resort it moves more this time it mm. goes to other places and it moves from the white lotus um and it's really good. Uh, the soundtrack is incredible. They use a lot of Italian, mainly Italian music, uh, with one of like the best artists that's ever been in Italy, Fabrizio De Andrea. Lots of his uh, songs, lots of Italian actors, which is really good to see. It's really well done, and Mike White has definitely got a love for cinema and society and it's amazing it's really really good um whilst wow. 
yeah, I I don't know if I like it more than the first one. I think I might do. Um, wow, that's big words. Yeah, yeah. But I want you to watch it. Uh, but I'm I, really, really enjoying it. I watched episode one. It, it, the, like I've moved house recently and it started right around the time all that happened. So I, I didn't really get a chance to watch it properly. But I've watched episode one mm. and I liked episode one a lot. And um, yeah, it's got another really phenomenal cast. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm excited to see yeah. more of it. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza is incredible in it. Yeah. She's just amazing and no it's 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 great. Um and there's a lot to think about in this one. There's there's definitely although there were lots of layers in the first one and the first one is incredible. This one is just you you're really not sure who to trust. There's lots mm. of trust issues in this one. Yeah. loads and um yeah and uh, i'm really looking forward to episode seven i'm glad that it hasn't come out in italy yet because i i nearly watched three episodes yesterday and it was like three hours <laughs> it's three hours of yeah. white lotus um uh, but i was like oh he's not out yet but there's a lot of there are a lot of sp- I, at the moment i'm really hating the internet because whatever you like there are plenty of spoilers so unless yeah, you yeah, like yeah. watch unless you just kind of filter through stuff you just have mm. to watch stuff before somebody spoils it i never yeah. mind the spoilers but when it comes to certain things like the white lotus and you know even even wednesday the dance oh do you have you seen the dance this no but i wednesday. i haven't seen the dance no but i know that there's a dance that's cool Ah, oh, and it's just like ah, oh, so annoying because i really wanted to experience it with the show for the first time rather than with tiktok but never mind Sorry. Never mind. And um, I think, uh, um, and then um, Atlanta series uh, season three. Oh, of course, yeah. Amazing show. Um, I didn't realize there was a season four that already has come out. This yeah, season. I know it's I crazy. To- <laughs> I didn't realize, so I need to watch that. And uh, I don't think it's out in Italy yet, but um, incredible. You know, uh, it's it's weirder than it was before, and they're they're touring Europe, and it's it's a great show. Um, and I think season three is probably maybe my favorite. Um, and then I think, I think a show that could get better, but I think the, the message is in it and I really enjoy watching it as Heartstopper. Oh yes. Yeah. I want to watch Heartstopper. Yeah. And it's the, uh, adaptation from the, uh, graphic novel, from a graphic novel. And it talks about these, uh, school, um, school, these students, um, finding themselves, realising who they are. And I think it's a really positive show mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. inclusivity and positivity. So I really like that. And uh, yeah, those are my shows this year. I think they're really top shows. Yeah, good shows. Atlanta, something I need to properly catch up on, definitely. Yeah, they're all on... I it's all on I, Disney Plus. It's on in Disney Plus, but I'm not yeah. sure if season four is on Disney Plus because I didn't... No, but I've, I, mean, I haven't seen season two, so... I've, <laughs> can wait um nice okay cool should we hit the big one then should we do films this is a big one yes of course yeah i am yeah i i'd realized that i watched more i i didn't watch many films this year but i think i can do it cool well i watched enough to do it well i watched like hundreds i know i was looking at your list on letterboxd and i was like what the well, I can show you. I've got a list here. I won't show you the top, but this is, without the top 10 on it, this is all the films I watched this year that came out this year. Yeah. Yeah? 
Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. Only the one, but they, those are the only ones that came out this year. Like you watched other films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can look on Letterboxd and get my stats up. Uh, my cool stats. You're Hang so on. cool. So this year, just in general, mm. I have watched and logged on Letterboxd. The tension as it loads. 280 films. Wow. How do you say that? Um, You have to pay for the letter. Oh, okay. The letter, the, okay. Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Why are you an idiot? Well, because I subscribe to Letterboxd, which is kind of unnecessary, but I like to be able to see the statistics. And things. Like I've watched, it tells you what you've watched the most times. I've watched X three times this year. Um, oh my goodness. Which is quite intense. That's a lot of times. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, and I've watched, yeah, oh yeah, and I've watched mm. 124 films that came out this year. Yeah, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow. I watched uh, not that many. That's fine. But I can tell you my 10 favourite. Yes, please. It's going to be difficult. No, it's going to be super easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I am so ready. So, number 10. Yeah. Is a film that you've seen because you told me you watched it earlier. Uh, the Menu. Yes. Yes, The Menu. The Menu is a film from uh, directed by Mark Mylard, mm. starring Ralph Fiennes, Annie Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, John Leguizamo, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Um, Thank you for liking our post. And it's a sort of, it's a dark comedy, psychological thriller, mm. satire yeah. of um, society, yeah. which we're all part of. Um, a bit like the White Lotus in some ways, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Um, and it's set on basically uh, Nicholas Holt plays a guy who's taken his girlfriend, we think, to um, don't spoil it. And I'm not spoiling anything. To an exclusive island mm. uh, where there is a restaurant run by, I don't know, iconic celebrity chef Julian Slowick. Yeah. Who um. It's like £1,200 a head just to go mm-hmm. and have the meal, and it's a whole experience. It's a st- He tells a story with the food, all of this kind of stuff that you see on shows like MasterChef, etc. But they all get there, the guests get there, and it becomes clear pretty quickly that something is wrong. And um, So quickly. Like, so yeah. quickly. Like, that I, was, that I found it unexpected, that it was so quick that something was going to go... Die. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all a bit... Uh, and then yeah but it, it sort of builds and goes crazy so this movie really came out of nowhere and like the trailers for it looked cool and looked good and I was excited to see it but I went to see it on my own on like a Saturday morning mm. and just ended up having the best yeah. time watching it I thought it was phenomenal so good what did you think oh well it spoke to me because I, I those kind of places kind of like I've I've had arguments with people about kind of those kind of um the foam, the foam, the gel. and that, and uh, the little spherical balls. You know, I and just it's that f- like for me personally, I find that food really pretentious, and the way that it's presented is pretentious. You know, but that's my opinion. You know, if you like it, you like it. Good for you. But I, you know, food is about memories, and it, it's not about you telling me how to experience my food is me experience my food the way I want to experience the food so I really enjoyed that and the I found it hilarious there were some bits that are just so funny mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a it's just great and quite unexpected like I, I wasn't expecting certain things and uh, I loved Daniel yeah. Taylor Joy in it so good 
Anya Taylor-Joy obviously is amazing. Nicholas Hoult, who's not one of my favourite so actors. So good. Is very good yeah. and like very unlikable yeah. very quickly, yeah. but like does it really well. From the moment that he tells her not to smoke, he's so unlikable. Like yeah, from the first yeah. second of it, you're just like, this guy, how is she with him? Yeah. Um, and then when she goes to uh, try the muscle, the oyster thing on the boat and he like slaps her hand away and stuff, just a real piece of work, that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you need to take a photo of it before. That's like, I don't feel as strong as you do about pretentiousness and all of that stuff. But one thing I hate is people taking photographs of their food before they eat it. Um, it drives me wild. I like that. I do that. No, I hate as I, a remembrance. Just, it, well, the remembrance is the enjoyment of the eating of it. I don't know. I, I don't like it when yeah. people get served a plate of food and the first thing they do is take their camera out and take a photo. Uh, For me, that's the thing that yeah. gets on my nerves. Uh, and there's a very yeah. That's a big bit of the film. Yeah, that's a massive bit of a film. But that's the thing. I think I think food should be enjoyed as you want to enjoy it, like art or anything. And I hate when people tell me how I'm supposed to enjoy my food and give me one scallop and tell me that that's. A what? What is it? Like on a rock? Why? Can you not just <laughs> just put it on a plate? <laughs> See, I like stuff like that because I like weirdness and I like oh, the yeah, idea of being do. served a meal that's on like a pile of rocks and oh, stuff. Oh, goodness. Um, but the need to document every meal and put it on social media. I don't, me oh, but I don't put it on social media. I remember for neck for the what, what I want to eat next, the next time I want to eat, and I remember the, how I felt. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the movie is cool. Yeah. And I really like the way the way it's shot and, and, and the way it's put together is really good and the way that um every time a course is served in a way in like a, a TV food show kind of way, it it pops it shows you like a little yeah. video of so, the yeah. meal and then on screen it explains what the food is yeah. and stuff and it, it gets a really a couple of really good jokes out of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a bit where I won't spoil it, but there's a bit where another character is made to cook a meal very quickly and then it just calls it like Bill's bullshit. Oh my goodness, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Like the menu, yeah, the menu's uh, unexpectedly wonderful. I would so definitely good. recommend people go yeah. and check out the menu. I watched it in a cinema in Japan pretty much by myself. There was nobody else in the cinema and it was like wow. pretty incredible experience. It was just like mm. Yeah. I bet it was. So that's number 10. Yeah. My number nine is a movie that, again, I didn't really have much expectation for. And I don't really know why other than just... I don't really know why, but it blew me away. Um, is number nine, My number nine is Roald Dahl's Matilda the Musical. Ah, I still need to watch that. Which, yeah. Well, there's a weird thing where it's, it's out, it came out in the cinema in the UK, but I think the rest of the world have to wait until it hits Netflix yeah. sometime. I have to in, wait until 25th of December. Yeah, which is, we're quite, I mean, I guess, you know, Roald Dahl was from the UK yeah. and not a great guy by all accounts, but let's not worry too much about that right now. Um, let's not worry about the but, artist, uh, let's concentrate on the yeah, art. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's, he's dead, so it's fine. Um, anyway, Matilda was, like, growing up, I was obsessed with reading and, like, Matilda's whole story is about a young girl who mm. is obsessed with reading and loves books and like the joy of books and reading and learning and yeah. all, you know all things and you know the the story of Matilda is one about the importance of good educators and mm. good um you know how important a good school life is for children yeah. and things like that and it's all things that I think are really key and important yeah. and have a real impact on my life both as a child mm. and now as an adult so the story of Matilda really 
resonates with me and you've got to do it well if you're going to do it at all yeah. and the, the movie the movie from the 90s that Danny DeVito directed other than being set in America and being an Americanized version of it like is great and yeah. Pam Ferris as the Trunchbull in that movie yeah. is brilliant Danny DeVito is brilliant Mara Wilson as Matilda is Amazing. like an iconic role yeah so to come back and make a new one you've got to do something good with it and I suppose making it a musical is one way to do something good mm. and um, the, that was the kind of element of it that left me a bit not that excited about it mm. because I was a bit like I don't really know why it needs to be a musical or not that why it needs to be a musical but sort of what do you what are you adding to it by making it a musical but the musical was written by Tim Minchin who is a very accomplished uh, musician and mm. comedian and is good at writing funny songs yeah. and it turns out that he wrote a collection of really really good tunes for this movie and it really, really worked for me. I thought it was. It, it, I was basically crying from the when it started to when it finished, mm. and it just really, really, really um blew me away. The cast is incredible. Like it's pointless to compare them to the cast of the nineties one, but Stephen Stephen Graham, who was brilliant earlier this year or last year in Boiling Point, and has been in loads of like he's a great actor. Stephen Graham as um Matilda's father, mm. Mister Wormwood, is great. Andrea Riseborough as Matilda's mother, Mrs. Wormwood, is really wonderful. Um, the main, the young actress who plays Matilda, um, her name is uh, Alicia Ware. Mm. And apparently she's from Northern Ireland, I think, and she pl- oh, she yeah. has a perfect mm. sort of British accent in it and she, she absolutely destroys it. Emma Thompson as the Trunchbull um, was probably the hardest role to play because that's such a big character. And Pam Ferris did it so perfectly in the nineties. Emma Thompson is kind of pretty brilliant. I mm. I didn't have any issues with her at all. I don't think she's quite there with Pam Ferris in terms of being iconic, but it's a pretty great. Mm. You know, I can't have any complaints. And the character that really blew me away in this one was Lashana Lynch, as Miss Honey, um, Matilda's teacher. Mm. She's just phenomenally good. Like Lashana Lynch, she was in No Time to Die as a as a secret agent, and she killed it. She was in the Woman King this year yeah. as a um, African warrior, and mm. she killed it. And now she's in this as like a a quiet teacher, c- quiet kind, gentle teacher, and again like Lashana Lynch, proving herself again and again recently to be uh, just phenomenal. And yeah, uh, she's so good in it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, the songs are, the songs are genuinely really good. I was humming and singing them when I came <laughs> out of the cinema, and. Um, I think it does a great service to what is, I think, Roald Dahl's best story. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Are you interested to see it, yeah. when, it when it hits Netflix? Yeah, I'm going to watch it on the 25th of December mm. when it hits on Netflix. What a lovely little Christmas yeah, gift. Yeah, I'm really excited, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my number nine. Number eight is a movie that you haven't seen and you will never watch. Um, it is Terrifier 2. <laughs> Do you know Terrifier 2? No, nor okay. Terrifier 1. Well, have you got a have you got a computer with Google in front of you? <laughs> yeah. Just just go to Google Images and oh. search for art search for art the clown. Oh goodness, what? So art A R T the clown. Why? Just you'll see. Do I have to look at images? Yeah, please, yeah. <sighs> Ugh. <laughs> it looks horrible. It looks like a witch and a clown mixed together. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, and it's all—it's so, covered of blood. It's covered in blood. 
Why is it covered in blood? Yeah, yeah. Are you looking at that picture? Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Too close. Yeah. So, um, Terrifier 1 is a movie that came out about, um, I don't know, five years ago, 2017. Okay. was made on a budget of nothing. Um, mm. Really, really cheap film. Uh, is just basically a movie about a... Um, this this clown art the clown uh, played by David Howard Thornton who has a background in mime. Uh, this clown just you know terrorizes and murders a group of people in exceptionally violent and gory ways. It kind of stands out a bit because art the clown never speaks or talks or makes any sound at all. It's all you know all of the menacing and terrifying is done through performance and he you know because he has a background in mime. It's a very strange weird performance mm. that he gives. It's quite memorable. So that movie came out in 2016 and um, was made on a tiny budget of $35,000, which okay. is nothing. Mm. Um, the director and writer, Damien Leone, decided to make a sequel. He wanted to make it a little bit more, um, you know, ambitious because uh, the first one doesn't really have a story. It's literally just people being butchered by this clown guy. So he did a crowdfunding campaign to make the second one and managed to raise $250,000, wow. which is still... In Hollywood terms, nice. yeah. it's nothing. But he made this movie for $250,000. It's two hours and 18 minutes long, which for a slasher movie mm. is obscene. Yeah. Um, obscenely long. And it is, again, about this clown turns up in the place, starts terrorising people, and there's a girl who ends up fighting him, and it gets it has a lot more mythology going on. Mm. It's got a lot of weird, almost David Lynchian oddness to it. Uh, it's a weird, strange film. It's ex- it's extraordinarily violent to the point where when it premiered in America, immediately news stories were coming out about people vomiting and passing really? out and having to have ambulances wow. called for them. Yeah, and normally stuff like that, like sometimes every so often a horror film will come out and there'll be articles about that mm. and people will be like, that didn't, no, that's not really true. For this one, people are like, yeah, that happened. That, you know, people, they, it is viciously violent and gory to like a degree that I've not really seen in a movie before. But um, I really appreciate and respect the fact that this guy made it on $250,000 with no backing from anyone really, mm. just crowdfunded it and made it and put it out there into the world. And it's been a sleeper smash hit sensation. It's made tw- $12 million. Wow. Um, at the box office since it since it came out at, at the sort of the end of the summer start of the autumn, and um, I don't know, it's 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 grimy and horrible and weird and vicious, but it's also strange and odd and you know a complete vision of this one creative person who decided to make this terrifying horror movie, mm. and I have a lot of respect for the fact that they went out there and did it and that it's as good as it is. And to put a two and a two almost two and a half hour long slasher movie out in cinemas is wild stuff. So yeah. I I like Terrified too. I wouldn't expect you to watch it ever because you just can't. I'm probably but... gonna dream about that guy tonight anyway. So that that's enough <laughs> <Sorry>. for me. <laughs> Even if you dreamed about him, you you couldn't imagine what happens in the film. Oh even my, in your is dream, is it that bad? Ah, it's, uh, it's like we're talking. All kind. It's, Did you ever have to like put your hands, be like in front of your eyes and like look squint? No, no, because I'm a big boy. <laughs> I'm not a. Big... Some people did. <laughs> um, 
Oh. But yeah, and you know, I think there'll be, you know, this is a character that is set to become a new uh, character in the canon of horror movie history, mm. you know, next to Freddy and Jason and things. So yeah, I, I don't know. Terrifier 2. Uh, you, you, if you would want to watch Terrifier 2, you already know about it and you've already seen it, is my take on that. I don't think that anyone who hasn't heard of it will want to watch no. it, but I liked it. In at number seven is a movie that for, you know, a while was my like it's been a good year for film every year i guess is a good year for film but like the the next seven movies on my list are all films that could be potentially number ones mm-hmm. like they're all so good um and it's just been quite the year and in at number seven i've gone with everything mm. everywhere all at once a film that you've seen half of i've Have only seen, seen half of this film and i yeah, yeah, haven't yeah. had the the want to like I want to finish watching it, but I haven't rushed just because it's so no. <clears throat> complicated and crazy and insane. I appreciate what they did. I just it's just pretty intense, isn't it? Yeah, it is intense. Uh, but I think you gotta watch it in a setting where you're a bit more prepared. Yeah. I don't know. We were not prepared but, that um, night to watch it. No, no, maybe not. But it is <laughs> it's you know We've talked about it a lot. It's been talked about all year. You know, it's 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 one of the big films of the year. Directed by a directing duo, Daniels, starring Michelle Yeoh and Kei Kwan. Um, Stephanie Hsu, Jenny Slate, uh, James Hong, Jamie Curtis. It's got a great cast. Big, mad science fiction, time travel, alter, not time travel, alternate dimensions, mad lunacy film, uh, kung fu. It's a great movie and I loved it. And... Mm. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard enough about it by this point in the year, but yeah, um, everything everywhere all at once. If it does, if it does nothing other than raise the profile of people like Kei Hui Kwan and and Michelle Yeoh, then it's done a good job because mm. um, they are wonderful people. So yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Cool. I'd recommend uh, good watching it. In at number six, I've gone for, and this should have been like I can't believe this isn't my number one. I can't believe it's not even in my top five because it is. I loved it. The Batman. The Batman. Yes, The Batman. Mike Matt Reeves is The Batman, starring Pat, Robert Pattinson in the role of The Batman, alongside Zoe Kravitz and John Turturro, Jeffrey Wright, Paul mm. Dano, uh, etc. Um, phenomenal. Yeah. Like, an incredible piece of work. I cannot conceive that they did it. It's... it's they've... I'm I'm increasingly nervous that we're not going to see a sequel on account of all of the bizarre goings on at DC and Warner Brothers. Yeah, but, what is happening? Well, they, they fired made, Henry Henry Clavel. Well, I don't know if they so they so Dwayne Johnson made Black Adam. Yeah, and because Dwayne Johnson has the greatest ego in the world, he was determined that Black Adam had to be the biggest thing that happened. So he did all of it. He was obsessed for years. He's banging on the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change this, that, and the other. And Dwayne Johnson very much had the perspective of if my if I'm playing a superhero, I need to fight the biggest other superhero because I need to like be important. So he was like, I need to fight Superman. If I'm going to be Black Adam, I have to fight Superman. So he fought and fought and fought and finally got a, got them to do a cameo bit at the end of Black Adam where. Henry Cavill turns up again to say, hey, I'm coming back as Superman. And everyone got all excited because Henry Cavill's going to do more Superman movies. But then, at the same time as this, this year, Warner Brothers have merged with Discovery and the new CEO has taken over and like they cancelled the Batgirl movie earlier this year. Uh, and yeah. all kinds of <laughs> Which is stuff. weird. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like, 
he has in some efforts pro- he's 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 identified that the DC films is an area where Warner Brothers can really make some money and they've kind of been whiffing it for a couple of years. So he has hired James Gunn yeah. off of um Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. and Suicide Squad and stuff to be the creative da- lead and and in charge of the DC films along with a guy called Peter Safran who's going to be more the business end of things. So just after Dwayne Johnson got all of this sorted and had Henry Cavill pop up to be Superman again, James Gunn gets hired to totally have creative control over it. And now James Gunn is deciding what he wants to do with all of the things. And he wants to make a movie about Superman as a young person, a young man. Um, And Henry Cavill isn't a young man, so he's not going to be playing Superman in it. And it's a mad, crazy situation. And uh, I think that Dwayne Johnson is to blame because I hate Dwayne Johnson, so I'm going to blame him. Uh, but it's uh, but I'm I'm worried that you know if if James Gunn has thrown Kemi Cavill and like J- Dwayne Johnson must be furious because he is like there were there were articles about how much money Black Adam's going to lose Warner Brothers it's not going to turn a profit and then like Dwayne Johnson came out of this thing of being like when you consider like toys and merchandise and uh, it's like no one ever but like any other report about movies being successful not never consider merchandising like that's a whole other yeah. thing that happens later like yeah. your movie wasn't a, wasn't the biggest movie in the world just accept it um yeah Anyway, I'm worried that James Gunn's going to come for the Batman next and that would genuinely be uh, upsetting to me because I really want to see more movies in this world because I thought it was great. Um, yeah. did you, you like this, didn't you? What, the Batman? Yeah. I haven't watched it. Oh, sorry. I thought mm. you watched it. Yeah, this year in the cinema has been pretty dry in Italy. Uh, so, like, English, like, the films are out, but in Italian, and I refuse to watch dubbed films. So... Um, I've um, I've the Batman is on um Sky Cinema now in yeah. the UK, so you might be able yeah, to... yeah, it's on yeah. Sky Cinema here as well. So I'm gonna <clears> watch that during the the Christmas hauls. Cool, I'm excited to know what you think of it. Yeah, um, so you're gonna have a, a best of 2022 in January for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Mm. Um. So up next is a movie that I saw last week, and I saw all the trailers for this film. I don't think you'll have, if you if you haven't heard of this movie. I'm not sure if you'll have heard of this movie, but this is a movie that I think you will really like. You need you should watch it. Um, I remember seeing the trailers for it and thinking it looked like the most boring thing I'd ever heard of, <laughs> and um, I went to the cinema to watch it just because it was on, and it was like if I don't watch it now, and it's meant it, uh, the reviews were good, so I was like it's meant to be good, so I'll go and see it, but mm. I'm not really expecting much. It was it de- completely <laughs> destroyed me. This film, okay. it, I, I thought it was phenomenal. It's a movie called After Sun. Yeah, I've I've oh, yeah. I've read your review on Letterboxd. Okay, and I've seen lots of other reviews, and I'm really sad. I just really want to watch it, but I don't know yeah, when yeah, or yeah. where. So it's written and directed by Charlotte Wells in her debut feature. It stars Paul Mescal and Frankie Corio. And it's basically the story of a woman who, I don't know how old she is, but she is uh, in her her early 30s and she is reminiscing about a holiday she took with her dad just before he turned 31, played by Paul Meskel, when she was 11 to to a a sort of fading holiday resort in Turkey. Mm. 
and 95% of the film is the is the flashback to the 90s it's a period piece you don't really see the the grown up um Sophie uh, much it's mostly Sophie as a young woman played by Frankie Corio in like phenomenal and Paul Mescal who it was in a show last year called Normal People that people loved that mm. I didn't watch or year maybe even 2 years ago at this point um, and he's an actor that is getting increasingly recognised by people. You know, people really like Paul Mescal, and this is the first thing I've seen him in. And he he is incredible in this movie. And it works like the movie for me worked because a I went to not to Turkey, but on holidays as a kid, I would go to places like France and mm. stay in campsite resorts and stuff. That really like the this this movie really evokes the feeling of late nineties European holidays, um, and you see the whole movie is from the perspective of his daughter and he's obviously going through, you know, he's there, he's, the mum's not in the picture, she is, they're separated and he's obviously taken her on holiday to spend some time with her and there's so much internally going on for this character of um, Callum, the dad, that he doesn't talk to her about because she's an 11-year-old girl. So through her mm-hmm. eyes, you just see him dealing with so many different things throughout the course of the movie that are obviously really weighing on him and it all plays out on his face and in his performance and it's beautiful and perfect um and uh Frankie as young Sophie um has a has this maturity in her performance that is really strong and mm. wonderful and um, she, you know, the scenes where she's also kind of watching and witnessing the teenagers, the older teenagers at the resort, sort of engaging in more close to adult behaviour, and she feels stuck between the two worlds, and it's just, it's 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 incredible. It is a it's a masterpiece, and I really really loved it, and I was expecting absolutely nothing from it, and in terms of slice of life type films, I think it's up there as one of one of the best I've ever seen. So I. Yes, <laughs> would recommend that you watch it uh, as soon as you can, and it's got these great um nineties. It's got these great songs in it throughout that really feel like like there's a Blur song in there. There's like it. Ugh. It's just, it's amazing. Oh. Um, and I, I think I think you you'll really like it. When oh, you it's are such able a shame. I just don't understand why films are dubbed. They're just annoying. Yeah, bad, bad it's really stuff. Really bad. So I have to wait for this tiny cinema that has English films. Well, films in the original language, and I'm just, yeah, yeah. I need to open a cinema. You, you, yeah. Please do. <laughs> right, my number four film. Yeah. Uh, might you might. So my number four film is uh, an unexpected hit. Another one. Yeah, that I wasn't anticipating being uh, anywhere near my top ten films of the year, but. I uh well you'll see it is uh Avatar the Way of Water. Ah, interesting. Yeah, because I, I don't really like the original. I didn't. I've always I didn't really like the original Avatar, but um. I never watched. I, watched, I think it came out when we were living in Japan. Nope, came out in two thousand nine. Oh, well, well, I, yeah. I never watched it. Well, it, I watched it when it came out, and it it was the biggest movie of all time. And then over the years, I've been like oh, Avatar rubbish but then and this was coming out and the trailers have been on for months and i've always been like good lord why james cameron could do anything why is he doing this but then mm. last week i decided i was like all right i'm, I'm inevitably going to go and see the new one so i might as well watch the first one again 
and free from away from like the expectations of it being the biggest film ever and all these things when i watched avatar one again i was like actually it's a bit long but it's a good well made like i think after as much as i like superhero movies mm. after a decade of the biggest films always being iron man punching yeah. thanos or something <laughs> to see a blockbuster that feels more like just I don't know. It's like it's a James Cameron movie, so like the characters are important and mm. the 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 relationships and stuff feel a bit more real than the, maybe they do in in Marvel movies. There's less quips and stuff, mm. and it just feels a bit more. It's not adult. It's still quite silly. It's hard to describe the exact tone that he achieves that you that we've that we've been missing from cinema for so long, but mm. he does achieve it. Um and yeah, I watched the first Avatar again last week, and I was like, that's all right. I'll I'll go and see the new one, and I went to see the new one yesterday. It is three hours and nine minutes long. And yep. you hate it, long movies. Yep, and it almost doesn't have a plot. It, it it like it's not long because the story requires it to be long. It just it just luxuriates in the world that is created, and it's it's got a good it's got a decent cast. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it yep. playing a teenage a teenage girl. Um, <laughs> Sam Worthington, who mm. is not really anything, is in it again as the main character, Jake Sully. But he does a a fine job. Zoe Saldana, who is pretty great, plays his uh, partner, Natiri, and she's very good in it. Stephen Lang is the bad guy again; is very good. Kate Winslet turns yeah. up and is pretty great. Cl- saw- Cliff Curtis is good. Um, all these people playing big, tall, blue cat people are are phenomenal. Mm. <laughs> um. And this movie, this movie kind of takes place about you know twelve years or even longer after the events of the first Avatar film. Jake, Sully, and the Teary that uh, have settled down to their lives as big blue cat people. They've had they've had a group of children, and they're now a family. But uh oh, the the humans that they banished at the end of the first one because I don't know how much you know about Avatar, but it's Nothing. set on an alien planet called Pandora. Yeah. Uh, it's it's got all these ex- minerals on it that the humans on Earth want, so they send people there to try and get them. The main character, Jake Sully, was a human in the first movie, but ends up having his consciousness transferred into the body of an okay. alien thing at, at the end of the first movie. So now in this one, he's just fully one of these big alien blue people. Mm. Um, and uh, the movie basically is is uh, split into three sections. The first hour is dealing with just the the fallout of the last movie and catching us back up to speed mm. with with the world. The second hour is basically like. An hour of a. Your of, face. It's basically like. <laughs> you, look, you look mesmerized by your own words, George. <laughs> it's basically an episode of Blue Planet. Okay. But but introducing us to the oceans of an alien world. Yeah. But because the special effects are genuinely the best special effects I've ever seen in anything. Okay. It all looks completely real. Mm. So you are drawn into this genuine real world of l- l- falling in love with this ocean and this sea life that the the Navi are living amongst. And then the third hour is where the bad guys catch up with them, and it's a hu- it's basically like a long action sequence for an hour that takes in you know basically recreates the end of Titanic in a lot of ways okay. with this action sequence set on the water, mm. and it just it just works. It's exciting. It's beautiful to look at. It's 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 uh, joyous. It's incredible. I loved it. And James Ca- James Cameron is kind of a, a bad arsehole of a man, but. He? He, no, he's just it. Well, he just like he just. He's not a bad guy in the way that say Kanye West is a bad guy, and let's not talk anymore about him. But 
He's the bad. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy, and as much as he says just quite stupid things sometimes that make mm. him sound like a bit of an arsehole, but not in like an immoral, evil way, just in sort of like you'd probably be quite difficult to work with, sort of a way. Okay. But yeah. he's a phenomenal filmmaker. He know, and yeah. a big part of it is that he knows he's a phenomenal filmmaker, and that makes him a bit arrogant, but. He is a phenomenal filmmaker. Hmm. You know, when you think back, you know, Titanic, for all its flaws that people criticise it for, it's a well-made film. I like Titanic quite a lot. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator yeah. 2, Aliens. Yeah. You know, he makes good movies. So, yeah, I freaking loved Avatar The Way of Water and I can't wait for Avatar 3. What? And you should watch them. <laughs> what? No. We're getting Avatar... Three, four, and five coming in the next few years. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, you should check out Avatar one, and then and then check out Avatar two because yeah. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to know what you make of them. I can. Why pro- are you shaking your head? I like can that? promise you to watch, you know, She Hulk because the twenty minute episodes. But I'm not going to spend three hours with Avatar. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know anything about it. You don't know if you'd like it or not. Fine. I don't. I'm not saying you have to watch it today. Just at some point, <laughs> well, I can't I'd be watch interested it today, in what you yeah. make of the of the original mm. Avatar. Anyway, anywho, that's Avatar: The Way Water. In at number three, and uh, you know this has been a year of surprises because we've got another film that I just was not anticipating enjoying, and it is Top Gun: Maverick. Yeah, which you haven't seen yet. Nope. I don't think. Nope. nope. Are you gonna? Are you interested? Are you ever gonna watch it? Uh yeah, yeah. I so I had intention of watching it uh because it was yeah. on the plane i was like oh fantastic okay. so when i come back i can watch it but i was yeah. in japan for quite some time and so when i went back there was not top gun uh, anymore and oh, uh, so i arrived in japan when it finished at the cinema but it was on the plane so i should have but yeah i, I really the crazy to thing watch is, it. it came out in april yeah or May, it's yeah. still on in the cinema in the UK. It's still, you can still go and see it in the cinema here. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I wish I lived there. Yeah, well, no, I'm just saying because it's it's, <laughs> it's so it is good. globally. Yeah, it's globally and in America, it's the biggest film of the year. Yeah, like financially, it's made the, which is crazy because like it's always a Marvel movie or a superhero yeah. movie nowadays. Like the fact that it's this film starring a guy in his late fifties. Um, just about planes is is wild, and like the fact that like I don't care about planes at all <laughs> yeah it it like it works just it's just an entertaining blockbuster movie it's yeah. so good top gun maverick is miles better than the first top gun film mm. it's miles better than anyone could have expected it yeah. to be and i'm it's kind of lovely that it's been so successful not not because of tom cruise who's a bit of a lunatic but just 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 <laughs> the, just that like just that you can still make just that if you make it well enough, you can still make a blockbuster movie about stuff that exists in the real world. It doesn't have to have lasers and planes, aliens and things, planes, and it and you know it works. It's cool. great. Top Gun Maverick is so cool. Um, I love it. All right, in at number now. These are two movies that are okay. Come on, what? Come on, <laughs> these. Come on. Okay. <sighs> right. The Number second best film of the year yeah. is a movie that I just want to hug it forever. Okay. I love it so much. Like, and I'll always love this world and these characters. And I hope that they never stop making them. Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery is my uh, number two film of the year. Yeah, I really want to watch that as well. 23rd of December, Netflix. Oh, okay. It's, I 
it got a very limited theatrical release in the UK and mm. I managed to go and see it in mm. a cinema near me. And uh, I won't spoil anything about it, but um, it's as good as Knives Out 1. Oh, that's, nice. That's saying a lot. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig is just perfect as Benoit Blanc again. And the mystery he has to solve this time is totally different to Knives Out. He, like Ryan Johnson's found a way to do another way to do a, a murder mystery film without feeling like he's repeating the successes of Knives Out 1. So that's really good in terms of the plot. And then in terms of the casting, um, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, uh, Kate Hudson, Dave Ooh. Batista. It's and they're all phenomenal. Mm. And there's it's full of like it's a really fun, playful movie. It's full of cameos, which I won't spoil any of them, but like it's got loads and loads of cameos in it that don't detract from the movie, but just really fun little moments. And it's just a great film. But Glass Onion is I was excited about it and it, it held up. It's so good. It's so so good. So yeah, I would uh, recommend Cool. I um, really want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah. let me know what you think of it when you see it, because it's good. But my number one favourite film of the year, oh. a film that I think is an all-time masterpiece that blew me away and d- destroyed and devastated me, <laughs> and I can't wait to see it again, is the newest film from Luca Guadino, Bones ah, and All. Ah, Bones and All. How was it? It's just the best. Oh, my goodness. Film. Uh. it's it it Timothee Chalamet is really good the, mm. but the, so the thing is it's got Ma- Mark Rylance is in it and we've talked before about how I don't like this thing that Mark Rylance is doing uh, like he, he's popping up in films like Don't Look Up mm. and uh, Ready Player One playing this really odd yeah. man child like character yeah and it's a performance thing that he's keeps doing that I didn't think worked in either of those two movies and he does it again here but it completely works and mm. he's phenomenal in it Timothee Chalamet as a fellow cannibal um, of the main character who she falls in love with is great but Taylor Russell who I previously had only seen in a couple of horror movies called Escape Room and Escape Room 2 which are not very good films mm. she comes out of nowhere and stars in this movie and is just phenomenal in it she's so so good and i i thought her performance was wonderful and the movie just evokes this kind of it feels timeless it's set Mm. in the past at some point it sort of feels like it's set in the 80s um and it's just this road trip movie where she runs away from home or get well various things happen she she ends up away from home she meets timothee chalamet she meets mark rylance and it's just this road trip movie going across america throughout these Midwestern Dust Bowl type towns. Mm. And it just like the fact that Luca Guadino, an Italian uh, director, is, manages to so perfectly photograph and, and tell this story set mm. in the Midwest of America is, is, is great. And he's, he does it perfectly. And the soundtrack by Trent Reznor is mm. what is the best soundtrack of the year. And yeah, the movie just, I thought like, I love a horror movie, but this is like a horror movie on another level. This it's not an elevated horror movie. Cause that's a stupid term, but like, mm. It's a horror movie, but it's 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 a beautiful, romantic, um, gothic. It feels like a gothic romance in the way that like a vampire movie mm. might be. But it's just not about vampires; it's about cannibals. But it, it yeah, it's great. So I loved it, and cool. I will. Uh, yeah, everyone should watch Bones and All. It's good. You should watch it. Nice when you can. Yeah. So good. Oh. Good list. It's incredible. 
thank you. Mm. Um, what have you, have you got anything that I haven't mentioned? Uh, yeah, I've got a, a few things, you know, mainly mine were probably like more like Netflix uh, or uh, streaming movies. So, um, I, I had the menu, which I really enjoyed. Um, I also, uh, enjoyed, uh, the film, um, which you didn't, but I thought it was really good. And although maybe the, the plot of the story might be a bit meh, I feel like, uh, he's a great filmmaker and I one of my tops is um Jordan Peele's Nope I I think you should watch it again no for me it looks first of all amazing like the the wilderness and how it was filmed and I I think there's it's an interesting film to watch but I don't know you you keep shaking your head so you're sorry I don't want to put you off no I don't why did you but what was interesting about it it puts different layers of what Hollywood is about and the human uh, condition as well. Like the part, like you didn't enjoy the Stephen Young bit, did you? You thought it was... No, it was didn't connect to the rest of the film at all. It's pointless. In my opinion, it kind of did connect to the rest of the film because his experience kind of connects, connects with what he was doing, uh, like exploitation and... Uh, but I don't think he is exploiting anything because he doesn't, he, it's not like, and then the audience that came to watch it, they hadn't done anything wrong. Like it, it feels like it's meant to be judging people who haven't really done anything particularly wrong. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't choose who, who, what happens. It's not, it's not the, but it's not like it's. Well then how does the experience connect or like, why does it matter if it does? Or whatever, not? whatever happened in a television studio wasn't the people that were acting's fault and they, they paid what, what happened it, it was who made who created the, te- the 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 tv show and that's the same with the Stephen young thing it's not isn't he he put people at risk he put, put the people at risk and whatever happened to them and whatever the thing did is not isn't it's not their fault but it's Stephen young's fault and he put the same people he did what happened to him i don't know i i thought it was it was an interesting thing to an interesting film to watch i i like the references of pop culture that he puts in that don't really match the film and it's it's different and that, maybe that's why i enjoyed it it's different and it's not the kind of normal alien thing that you expect the the thing that happens is not really expected no, and, uh, but it's less interesting than what is expected for me. Like I felt like it wasn't what you expect, but what he did was something that was not as interesting and boring. Yeah, but I, 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 I watched. I didn't think I would enjoy it, and I did. Not, it's not Get oh. Out at all. It's not, it's not that caliber. But I yeah. think that there's definitely more to think about on mm. what is the the deal with this. You know. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, but you know, uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed that one. Uh, I think I think maybe you should watch it again and see what you think. Mm, not yeah. anytime soon, but maybe one day. Okay. Uh, I really uh, I I th- I was surprised by this film, uh, with uh, Maya Hawke and Camila Mendes do revenge. I thought that was oh, a really yeah. great film, and uh, really fun, and another kind of side of uh, kind of uh coming of age 
school life and I really liked it and it was just a big surprise I wasn't I didn't think I would enjoy it as uh, much as I did um a film that has not come out in Europe yet but I was lucky enough to watch it in Japan um Makoto Shinkai uh, made a film called Your Name a few years ago which was a massive mm-hmm. smash hit uh, one yeah. of my favorite bands does did the soundtrack for it and mm-hmm. um i think a couple of years ago he came out with um weathering with you which for me was like the worst thing i've ever watched in my life and so i yeah. i went <laughs> i went to the cinema with really low expectations also um i i know some japanese but i am not um i am not f- fluent uh and so i watched this film in japan in japanese with no subtitles um wow (laughs) but i really wanted to watch it and i'm not sure when it's going to come out in europe and it's called suzume and Mm. is a coming of age story like all of his films about this 17 year old uh suzume and uh she finds herself in um she finds herself in this place with this door and uh, she opens the door and um, an earthquake happens. And then she realizes that uh, she has to go to different locations mm. in Japan where she has to uh, stop devastation from this thing that creates earthquakes. Um, I don't know if I understood all the film. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it is absolutely beautiful to watch uh the story kind of makes sense because it's more like your name in in a world that is kind of magical and not magical you know kind of unreal whilst weathering with you was more kind of like oh we're in tokyo and this is happening and we've got guns this was really great and gorgeous and beautiful and you know uh, i can't wait for people in europe to watch it uh, because it's really beautiful and uh, i loved it and of mm-hmm. course the music is from rad wimps so um good times oh they did it again that's cool. of course they always do it because they're incredible um and then uh uh the i think catherine colberti uh in uh, was great we talked about it before oh yeah i really mm-hmm, liked mm-hmm. it i think it was uh, a great film for this year um and uh it made me feel lots of many things and I enjoyed that. And a film that I didn't think I was going to enjoy, but I loved because I love the artist. But I, you know, biopics sometimes can be tough. The film Elvis. Oh, yeah. Elvis was brilliant. Yeah. So good. And I, by the end, I was in floods of tears because I felt so bad and uh, the end shows um a clip from elvis uh and a clip um a clip of actually elvis singing and a clip of austin butler and it was amazing the last the last clip remember oh yeah yeah no it's incredible yeah well, and yeah, the fact that elvis is... looked like at one point it was like which one is elvis and i thought and yeah. the guy that was at the actual elvis just looked like a like somebody with prosthetics it was weird and i didn't realize how messed up his life was and mm. and what an incredible musician and, and person he was and it just got messed up by this 
horrible guy. Um, I loved everything mm. about it, apart from Tom Hanks's accent, which I I was just <laughs> just terrible. It's a weird, it's a weird it's, one. Yeah, I don't know. Come, I don't know if that's what the real guy sounds like, though. Come here, Mister Presley. I have something to tell you. Uh, it was really, really bizarre. Um, uh, I also really enjoyed "Don't Worry, Darling." Maybe controversial thing to say. I thought it was great. And you keep doing those faces. I'm very, I'm very understanding of your choices, George. I enjoyed "Don't what? Worry, Darling." I- I think it was I good. Can, I can not like it, though. You, you're free to not like things I've chosen. Absolutely, but I'm very positive about things. Um, I thought it was good. Don't worry, darling. I think it was a, one, a really good film of the year. And uh, mm. and you don't agree? No, I, I think it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, what about if I said Thor, Love and Thunder was one of my favourite films of the year? Is that true? Uh, I loved it, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God, what is wrong with you? It was so good. Oh, I can't terrible. believe you didn't like it. I thought. Why it would was... I like it? What is there to like? Everything, absolutely oh everything. It's just so much fun. It's it's crazy. It goes everywhere. It hasn't really. It's just insane, and I loved it. I love uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. So that's wow. it. Fine. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's not your like uh, highbrow Luca Guadagnino cannibal love story, but uh, you know. What do you mean? I I I liked I loved Thor Ragnarok. Thor Thor Ragnarok is all the things you've just described. Love and Thunder is not any of those things. I I I like I love Thor Ragnarok. I think it's better than Love and Thunder, but I really really like Love and Thunder. I was invested in it. I I had a good time. I laughed. I had a little tear. I thought Natalie Portman was great in it. I thought it was good. Natalie Portman's good in it, but you can't get over how bad Korg is. I hate Korg now. Why? He just doesn't need to be there. Why do they bring him along for it? And the scene with Russell Crowe lasts for. I love Russell Crowe in it. It's like, ah, I'm a Greek. Adds nothing to the film, and it's that's not bad. true. It adds everything to the I film. They have disagree. to get the they have to get the 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 thing. <sighs> Christian have... Bale's the god the god butcher doesn't doesn't butcher any gods in it. Of course it does. They're all dead. Yeah, but you don't see any of it. There's no actual Good. like stakes on screen. Like it's, it's they just go oh he's gone through all of the different places and killed loads of people. Has Good. he like why not show us some of that? Because it's not necessary. It's it's not it's not called. Well, you've got it's, it is, it's, it's not more called, necessary than spending twenty minutes with Russell Crowe doing nothing. It wasn't twenty minutes, man. It, it was like it, I think that five. scene is twenty minutes long. No. I think the whole of that sequence in no. that place is easily and, twenty minutes long. And it's not called uh, the the God Butcherer. It's called Thor, Love and Thunder. So the love yeah, the, is there, the, and the thunder is there. So I think you know. I think it's pretty the, accurate. The, the Dark Knight isn't called Here's the Joker, but like they have time in it for the Joker. Like the villain should have a story. The villain, but it did have a film. story. I really didn't. Yeah, he did. Oh, it he kidnapped talk. the kids. Oh. He fought against Thor. Also, I think but I just think... I just thought that the the jokes were terrible and the plot was boring and the it was just oh. But you liked oh. it when you watched it, and then you stopped liking it after you watched it. I don't think that's you true. You said, yeah, you said that, didn't you? 
Oh, like in the moment of watching it. Yeah, you enjoyed it in the moment of watching it. And then you yeah, changed your mind it, after I, watching it. That's not it's entirely in, true. I still it's sat It's on there episode thinking, 85, but, I think. Okay. I still sat there <laughs> thinking the Russell Crowe stuff was was boring. I thought, I thought that as I was watching it. And I was enjoying other bits of it. But then when it finished, I was like, is that really the totality of what you've created? It's just not enough. It's just... Oh, I didn't like it. Anyway, that's fine. I did. I thought it was good. No. And but it it wasn't like I'm just joking. It's not one of my like top. But you know, I just I just wanted to like annoy you a little bit. No, I just you know wanted to let you know that I enjoyed it because I I went, I watched it not thinking that I was going to enjoy it. Yeah. And then it's fine. Like my friend who didn't like She Hulk really liked. Love and Thunder. So yeah. Different things, different people. Yeah. So maybe you've gone more like the other direction of kind of. Well, I just like things that are well made and not things that are trite. Oh, great. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow, George. <laughs> Getting out the big guns. Getting uh, out the. Um, oh, I like things that are good, not like cute. I like things that are shut. Yep. Um. <laughs> Um, uh, that's, that's it. Films, yeah, good stuff. Yes. Do you want to quickly hear my ten favorite video games of the year? I guess. Of course you do. Good. In at number ten, <laughs> a, a Plague Tale Requiem, um, the sequel to a Plague Tale Innocence, I think it was called, set in like uh, medieval France, uh, about a brother and sister trying to survive uh, during the bubonic plague, but with like a kind of supernatural. Uh, vibe to the rats um good game like it. it's on nice. game pass recommend it number nine escape academy is basically a escape room simulator with a loose story connecting the various different escape rooms together it's like a puzzle game loved it recommend people play it i think it's on game pass uh number eight stray is the game where you play a cat uh making its way through a little futuristic city we're manned by robots um ah you've talked very- about that before didn't you I have, yes. Yeah. Very good cat, cat simulator game. Loved it. Uh, number seven, another game I've talked about before, Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> uh, the ultimate zen, zen-like zen experience mm. of calm, just washing things in Power Wash Simulator forever. Love it. Number six, The Quarry, uh, the big game this year from Supermassive Games, is a uh, story-based, uh, yeah, narrative-focused uh, horror game. Mm. Uh, about a group of teens at a summer camp in America who get menaced by uh, a monster, and I won't spoil the nature of the monster here, but I really Ooh. enjoyed the quarry. It's a good game. You can play it with a uh, play it with someone else. I played through it with my brother, and we shared the uh, choices and things, and it was cool. Uh, in at number five, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to Horizon uh, something Zero Dawn. Mm. Uh, the tale of Aloy, one of my favorite gaming characters of all time, as she attempts to survive in the far, 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 far future. Uh, post-apocalypse uh, robot dinosaurs etc good game and number four a recent release god of war ragnarok i've yet to finish this so it might move up the list later but um why are you laughing at that <laughs> no 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 just because we're talking about thought uh thought ragnarok and then we oh yeah i know it's, it's weird though isn't it but yeah so this is also set in amongst norse mythology mm. um and it's the story of kratos the greek god of war as he attempts to help his son work through um issues within and around Norse mythology and the coming of Ragnarok. His son revealed at the end of the last game to be Loki. Oh. Um, uh, yeah. 
and that's a cool twist that they do a lot with in the new game and it's pretty good and I look forward to playing more of it. In number three, Elden Ring, a game that I didn't finish because it's just too big, but it's <laughs> an incredible new From Software game. In at number two, another recent release that I love, um, Marvel's Midnight Suns. This game is very cool. Mm. You play as a character that you make. You make your own kind of hero character called the Hunter, and you are the daughter of Lilith, a demon queen who is resurrected and starts attacking the world, and you have to lead a team of Marvel superheroes against her in battle. So um, the game is split into these different sections where like you all, but your base is this abbey and you all live in this abbey together. So you wander around this abbey during the day and you can go and like talk to Pizza Parker and Dr. Strange and Tony oh. Stark and uh, Wolverine's there and stuff. And you kind of make friends with them and build relationships and stuff. And then you go off and do a mission and you pick two heroes to bring you bring along. So you might pick like Wolverine and Spider-Man, say, for example, then you get dropped into this little map where there's like a group of bad guys and you have to like fight them and it's this turn-based battle system using cards to it's hard to describe that bit of it but it's a cool combat system mm. like like it's it's really slow paced tactical combat rather than like fast based and I, I like that a lot and then the um the relationship building stuff making friends with spider-man stuff is is um i i, I like it it's good so yeah marvel's midnight suns i'd recommend people play it's really cool it's made by the development team that made XCOM a few years ago, which is this um, alien uh, invasion game that's cool. Anyway, and then my number one favourite game of the year is a video game called Immortality that I talked about a while oh, yeah. back, um, where you are piecing together footage from these three lost films to try and find out what happens to this missing actress, and um, it's a masterpiece. I absolutely loved it, and everyone should play it. And those are my favourite 10 games of the year. So that's all the best stuff of 2022. Yes. Would you like to have a little look behind the curtain at what is coming up in 2023? Of course. Okay, good. So I've got a list of, first of all, um, albums that are coming out in 2023. Now, music tends to be less scheduled in advance than films and TV and stuff. So this isn't a very long list, but some of the stuff we can expect to enjoy Mm. in the early parts of 2023 is This Is Why... The latest album from Paramore is oh, coming in February. This um, is why I don't live the house. Etc, etc. Et yes. So I'm looking forward to that because that single is is one of the best songs of the year, I think. I really like <laughs> that song, so it's uh, mm. keen to hear more. Uh, also in February, we've got Cracker Island, the Gorillas album. Oh. Which again, there's been a couple of songs from that. Singles released this year and that's excited. Um. I think there's a new album coming this year from Baby Metal around March Ooh. time called The Other One. Uh, quite recently, very excitingly for me, Metallica have announced their latest album, uh, 72 Seasons, okay. coming in April. Uh, a big release and they're doing a massive world tour. And it's going to be a Metallica year, I think, next year, mm. which I'm excited about. And then these don't really have release dates or titles, but supposedly PJ Harvey, iconic um, oh. singer-songwriter, wow. yeah, is due to release a new album next nice. year. And iconic pop punk band Blink Blink One Eight Two are on the way back. Oh, the will be releasing small things. Exactly. One of so them is um, with the Courtney Kardashian now. Yeah, Travis Barker. Yeah, right, the drummer. Yeah, that's weird, but yeah, okay. very very strange. But you know, yeah. love is love, isn't it? Love is love. Right. 
that's the that's the music. There'll be more music obviously coming in twenty twenty three, but those are the big releases that are scheduled at the moment. I've got a longer list here of films that we Ooh. can expect to enjoy next year. Um, the first half of this list, most of the films on it have got a trailer. So if you want to do a bit of my tube, mm-hmm. um, we won't watch trailers for all of them because that would be insane. But if one jumps out at you and you want to watch the trailer for it, you okay. say, and then we'll watch yeah. it. So you pick you pick a couple here. So okay. Early on in the year, we've got Megan coming, which is spelled M-3-G-A-N. That is a movie from the makers of um, Malevolent and Insidious about a young robot doll girl who goes crazy and attacks people. Looks pretty good. No, thank you. Okay. Um, uh, After that, we've got the the latest film from Brandon Cronenberg, son of David Cronenberg, is coming. Uh, That's called Infinity Pool, and I don't actually know anything about it if i quickly look i'll tell you what the plot is infinity pool what have we got here um bah, 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 bah. what have i got ah come on come on you're ruining my day here what are you doing okay a rich couple are on vacation in latolka at an all-inclusive island resort but outside the hotel gates hides something more dangerous what do you reckon to that that's the new one great times Sounds like the White Lotus a bit. Yeah. Um, we've got Knock at the Cabin, which we watched the trailer for that a while ago. It's a new M. Night Shyamalan ah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania <gasps> is the first Marvel the... movie. I watched the trailer yeah. at the cinema. It looks good, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite excited um, about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, up next is one that we might want to stop and do a, a, a MyTube on if you haven't seen the trailer for this. The new Elizabeth Banks directed comedy thriller movie Cocaine Bear. No. Okay. Let's do Let's it. Let's have a look. Let's look at this because this this is uh you might have thoughts. I have thoughts all the time. Right, so I'll, I'll send you the link to the trailer so we're watching the same video. Yes, sure, please. There you go. Let me know when you're ready. Ready. Good. Three, two, one, go. Okay, ambulance, paramedics, something is happening, crime scene, blood everywhere, Yep. no entry, a room with a bear. Just back out slowly. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bear. Oh, oh my goodness, this bear is huge. Oh my goodness, did the bear eat all the cocaine? Mm, maybe. I'm looking for my daughter's first is a dangerous Okay. Place. Hey Henry, check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. Oh. A lot of cocaine was lost. Amazing. So a bear just ate a load of cocaine. And then I think it's Let's see what kind of effect that has on The bear is high. It fucking did cocaine. <laughs> Wouldn't a bear die after all that cocaine? Well, let's talk about that at the end of the video. And it's... It was... It, it's a... Um, apparently it's based on true events. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you the true story at the end of the trailer. Oh. So the bear is now climbing the tree. Because he did a load of coke. And ow. It kind of seems like the thing that stays with the man forever. 
Apex Predator. It looks like fun. Like, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, it but does also, look fun. it looks like a ridiculous fun. Yeah, and this bear is just fun. chasing cocaine because he wants to do cocaine. <laughs> oh man, you fucked. Okay. We have such good luck in nature. So there you go. That's cocaine bear. What do you think to that? Insane. Yeah. But then directed yeah. by Elizabeth Banks of all people, which is also pretty mad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the true story of that is that in the I think seventies or eighties, I'm not sure exactly when. Um. Some some smugglers did have to throw a bunch of cocaine out of a mm. plane, and it landed in a forest, and a bear did find it and eat all of it. But rather than go on a mad drug fuel rampage, it just died. Yeah, of course. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and its body is stuffed and on display in a museum somewhere <laughs> in some small town in America oh, with the with a plaque that kept, says "This is cocaine bear," which I think is why the movie is called. Uh. Cocaine bear. So the real story is much more tragically just about a bear yeah. dying because of hu- human idiocy. But um, oh. this looks like a Horrendous. this looks like a weird film that might be worth watching. Yeah. So yeah, that so there's cocaine bear. Also coming up, we've got Scream Six. Yeah, which is wild Ortega. because yeah, and that is coming literally one year after the last one. That is mm. a, a ridiculously fast turnaround. So mm. I'm a little bit nervous about it because it seems too quick. But um, yeah. We'll see. Hopefully it's good. Um, there's a movie coming out called... 60... <laughs> this might be another one to do a MyTube on. I'm just going to send you the link for this, actually. Okay. <laughs> you looked really confused I, by the title. Well, I don't quite know what to make of this film. Okay. And I don't want to tell you what it's about before you've watched the trailer. Okay. Um, right, yeah. So I'm just going to send you this link. Okay, so the trailer Georgia sent me is 65, and I can already see uh adam driver yeah adam driver's in this movie uh right so see what you think of this so 65 let's go three two one okay so adam driver is uh hunting aliens or something uh i think he's a soldier oh out of space sci-fi soldier yeah the music is very daunting, so that means something bad is happening. Good. Yes, well done. Yes, yeah. I like yeah, yeah. that. He's an explorer. And he crashes his ship. And he's looking Certainly. for help. So it's a Sony picture, so it could be either good or bad. Yeah, usually <laughs> terrible, but, yes. you know. <laughs> hopefully... There's yeah. a reason I'm interested in this film, and you'll see why soon. Okay. So is it like Alien? It looks a bit like Alien. It does look a bit like Alien, doesn't it? And there's it? an alien in the pond, and I can see... A survivor. A child. The I'm chi- a survivor. Don't ne- why would you put the child in the spaceship? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean like, if you're in a... If you're in a... Alien land... You would not put anybody in your ship, but because this must be the child, the alien. Like, of course it is. <laughs> uh, sixty-five million years ago. Oh, huh? 
Mm. 65 million years ago. Yeah, but they're not aliens. Are they dinosaurs? No. Did it go back in time? What? That's a T-Rex! <laughs> what? So, I think he's ended up somehow transported back in time. Yeah. And it's a dinosaur movie. It's a dinosaur... How? You can't do a dinosaur movie if it's not called Jurassic Park. That's not... Well, normally, no. This is a very rare occurrence, that's isn't not, it? That's not allowed. <laughs> Only Jurassic Park is supposed to do Jurassic Park um, dinosaur Dinosaurs. movies. Well, here we oh. have a movie that's uh, wow. That's not that. What do you reckon? What do you reckon to that? I have no idea. I'm totally. I'm totally shocked. You yeah. know, it, th there's no Jurassic Park. Like, how is it? <laughs> And it's called Well, we never get dinosaur dinosaur movies never happen unless they're unless they're Jurassic Park movies. So yeah. I'm pretty excited about a dinosaur movie that's something different. And Adam Driver's great. Yeah. But it's a Sony Pictures movie, so Yeah. Why? We'll Why? See. Why did it not just stop? Just because <laughs> I don't know. Occasionally they make some money, I suppose. Okay. Moving okay. on, because we've got we've got a list here. Yeah. Uh, and there's at least one more definite um my tube. Hmm. Uh Unless you've seen the trailer. You might have actually seen the trailer for this. Mm. Anyway, let's move on. John Wick Chapter 4. Oh, coming. I'm excited about we that. Can all, we, yeah, we can all be excited about that. A film, one of my most anticipated films of next year, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor ah, Among Thieves. Yeah, we already watched the trailer. trailer for that is, yeah, good trailer. One of my less anticipated movies, but I think I'll end up liking it in spite of myself. The Super Mario Brothers movie is... um. I've seen I've seen that teaser trailer like 65 times now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I went to see have a few films, one after the other, the cinema, in, yeah. and it was just have constant. You, have you seen the second trailer yet? No. No. Oh, we won't watch it now, cause, but it, it, look, it looks like it might be okay. It's just that voice again. I don't... Anyway. Uh, after that, Renfield um, is coming up, which I'm mm -hmm. excited about. That's a movie where uh, Nicolas Cage is playing Dracula and Nicolas Holt is playing okay. uh, his Renfield as assistant. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. Evil Dead Rise. This is something mm. that there's no trailer. There's nothing for this, but it's a new Evil Dead movie, so I'm excited. Okay. I hope it's good. It's set in a tower block, I think. That's mm. why it's called Evil Dead Rise. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 um, is on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Have you watched the holiday special yet? No. You put a bad review into it, so I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it, but other people do. Fast 10, Fast and Furious 10. Mm. Mm. Never watched any of those. Uh, you're missing out. The Little Mermaid. Oh, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I've never seen a Transformers movies, movie. No, I wouldn't start with this one. Um, this is a movie that I really think might actually not even come out. The Flash. Ezra Miller's a, a bad person, it turns out. It yeah, seems, maybe. So I don't know. I've... But they're they're crazy. In... Did well... I just hear, by the way, talking about uh, DC, uh, uh, there's not going to be Wonder Woman anymore. There's not going to be a Wonder Woman free doubt yeah. by Patty Jenkins. That's definitely the case. Uh, there yeah. will be more Wonder Woman movies, I'm saying. Ah, okay. But just but... Wonder Woman 3. Yeah. But Wonder Woman 1984. So maybe it's for the best. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I agree because 
hopefully we get more Wonder Woman. And also, you know, I, I like Gal Gadot, but also if they end up recasting it to someone else, I think that would be fine as well. Yeah, uh, 100%. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Pixar's newest movie, Elemental, is coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. That's about fire, a fire person and a water person. Okay. I don't know anything else. Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson film, is due. Ah. Tom Hanks is in that, which is going to be interesting. He's not done a Wes Anderson movie. I hope it doesn't speak like this for the entire film. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but, you know, that should be good. Here's one that um, we should do a trailer if you mm. haven't seen it, but you might have seen it. I don't even know. I, like, this is a... I'm in spite of myself again. I'm excited about this, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be disappointed. Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. It's going to be incredible. It is. That's it. Have you seen the trailer? No. <laughs> okay. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge in it, isn't it? And so... Now, be uh, before, before we watch this trailer, mm. I want you to bear in mind that when you see young Indiana Jones, like young Harrison yeah. Ford, that is an old footage. That is new footage that they have, they have done, like, de-aging on. Because okay. it's impressive. It's some impressive tech that they've got going on here. So let's have a look at this, see what you think. Okay, so. Let me know when you're ready. Okay, I am ready. So, okay. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, official trailer. Right, let's three, go. two, one, go. Okay. I miss the desert. So, there's somewhere by the desert, it looks sandy. Mm. But now they're in New York. New York City. Oh, and now they're in the sea. And is it teaching? Because he's an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the Nazis. Oh. I'm... Oh, my God. Harrison Ford looks incredible. <gasps> no. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Was, is, was it Temple of Doom? No, Raiders of the Last Ark, that guy's in. Le- ah, Raiders of the Last Ark. <gasps> Phoebe Waller-Bridge is... Oh my goodness. It does look amazing that the aging. Yeah. Wow. Okay, he's on a horse. Oof. Oh. Like... Sorry, I'm enjoying it too much. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> uh, there are lots of horses. It has to be good. Cause I, Who is this man? I'm her godfather. I have good hopes. Get back. You know why? Because Phoebe Boiler Bridge is in it, and I don't yeah. think she would. I don't think she would accept anything that is rubbish. I know it's just you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was such oh, a crushingly oh, disappointing movie. Well, it was horrible to watch. Yeah, and we but, are talking about an, an action movie starring an eighty-year-old man. What are you talking about? It's fine. It's Harrison okay. Ford. It's okay. I'm, well, if anyone can do it, Harrison Ford can. But exactly. This, I mean, we are. This is madness. <laughs> But he's uh, looking good, great. though. Like, he's uh, looking great. fantastic. He looks great. The film looks good. I think yeah. I think it might be good. 
I'm really God, I, I hope, hope it is. Like I'm really hoping. I really it hope is. it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that shot of him as a young man—that is oh, crazy. Incredible. That yeah. is some impressive technology. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got that coming out. Okay. Finally, because it's been out in America for ages, we're going to get Pearl, the sequel to X. Oh yeah. Which I'm absolutely going mad for. I can't wait to see that. It's meant to be so good. Insidious Fear the Dark, the newest mm. film in the Insidious franchise. I'm looking forward to that. Patrick Wilson's directed this one, which is cool. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. After the year that Tom Cruise has had, I'm pretty excited to see what his next, you know, what he's doing with this. He'll probably flinging himself out of a plane again. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to be doing. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Barbie. Barbie, that's exciting. Come on, I'm excited. <laughs> we like Barbie. Oppenheimer, you know Christopher Nolan. No, Christopher Nolan. Barbie. The story of the the story of the atomic age. Nah, Barbie, mate. Barbie. <laughs> it's a bit of Barbie. Um, we need some Barbie. The Marvels, you know, Captain Marvel two, effectively, yeah. but with Miss Marvel and you know, looking. Yeah. Very excited yeah. about that. There's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I don't know, but it's an animation and Seth Rogen's Ah. made it, so... Oh, it's an animation. Yeah. Because I used to watch the cartoon when I was a child. I used to love the cartoon. Uh, And it was amazing. And then they did the the live action one and it just scarred me. It was just disgusting to watch. It was horrible. A lot of my friends really like those live action ones, but I never could get into them. I can't. I I just know. And uh, so I've, I've never given any... But chat, Seth Rogen is Seth Rogen like that's an interesting I don't know I'm ex- I'm intrigued. Yeah, Seth Rogen we'll is see. a stoner, so it's going to be fun. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we've got Meg Two: The Trench, the sequel to the Meg coming, the giant shark movie. Um, I'm excited for this because Ben Wheatley's directing it, which okay. is um, you know, I I adore you know I yeah. I love Ben Wheatley, but he knows he doesn't normally make Meg Two: The Trench, so we'll see how that is. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a Craven the Hunter film coming. Okay. One of the lesser Spider-Man villains, but played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who you know he's a, he's a good decent. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like, but that's coming. Um, there's a new Exorcist film mm. coming out next year. The Exorcist. Uh, it's by the same creative team that did the recent Halloween movies, and they have they those recent Halloween movies have, you know, spun the have gone from amazing to terrible. So who yeah. knows where the new Exorcist movie will land, but high hopes. The 10th Saw movie is coming next year, which is... Wow. Who knows? Uh, June part two. Oh, that's, yep. that's exciting. And and Florence is in it. Florence Pugh. Oh, yes, please. I there still is, need to watch um, The Wonder, actually. Oh, yeah, Netflix I need to watch is. The Wonder. Yeah, it's, yeah, I want to see that. Maybe that um, could be our, our homework for next time. Yes, yeah, let's do that. We'll both watch The Wonder and then discuss it next time. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, we've got, so I've not written the proper title over here, but I've written The Hunger Games, some kind of prequel about Donald Sutherland's character. It has a stupid name. <laughs> it's called like Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes or something. It's got a really awkward title. Hmm. Yeah. Wish, which is the, it's either the 100th Disney animated movie, but that doesn't seem right. It's like the 100th anniversary. Oh, okay. I think that's it, of Disney animated films or something. It's going to be some kind of like, film that brings together all of the Disney animated movies oh. or like it's about it's like the origin story of the star that mm. the shooting star that people wish on I don't know but it that might be interesting Wonka the Timothee Chalamet is Willy Wonka movie okay uh, <laughs> my face was like but then it's like Timothee Chalamet can do no wrong 
Timothy Chalamet is playing Willy Wonka, and um, it's been directed by Paul King, who directed Paddington and Paddington Two, and those movies are masterpieces. So yeah. here's hoping. Um, I think I don't know how true this is, but it said online that Ghostbusters Afterlife Two is coming out next year. I haven't heard enough about that to know if oh, that's true. But that would be, be really good, and I hope yeah. it'd be. If they do, if they do another one of those movies that is less beholden to the nostalgia of the past, then it could be really good. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think you're absolutely right because uh, yeah. that was the worst part of the film. Yeah, and I really like, I, that was a five star movie for me. I really yeah, yeah, loved it, it was but good. I definitely Just... think if they make a sequel, it needs to be more its own thing. Mm. And that that could be brilliant. Um, and again, similar to the Flash, I don't know if this is actually going to come out, but supposedly Aquaman two is coming out next December. So all right, so that's those are films coming out this year. A much shorter list, very quickly. Some TV shows to look out for. Yeah. Yeah, we've got. This is the one that I'm particularly. This is made. This is the most anticipated thing for next year for me, and we don't have long to wait. January fifteenth, <sighs> The Last of Us. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait to see this. I'm so excited. We've talked. We've talked The Last of Us to death, so I won't go over it too much. But yeah, the story. The story of a zombie apocalypse, as told through the eyes of Joel and his young charge Ellie, is something mm. that I can't wait to see. And uh, after the success of Catherine called Birdie this year, I'm expecting to really yeah. enjoy. Um, yeah, this She's show. Be great. She's going to be so good. Uh, we've also got a show uh, that I'm really looking forward to. And when I tell you about it and what it is and when I show you the trailer, because maybe we should do a trailer watch for this, you're going to be excited as well. Mm. We're talking about Poker Face. This is a show that is a murder mystery, murder of the week type show starring Russian Dolls' Natasha Leon. Ooh. Created by and written by Knives Out's Ryan Johnson. Oh. Do you want to see a trailer? Yes, please. Let's look at the trailer. Let me find it for you. And I think it's called Poker Face because I think the the special thing about her as a detective is that she can always tell if someone's lying. I think that's the uh, that's the vibe. Pop poker face, pop pop poker face. And that's the that's the yeah that's the um. Is that the song? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, here we bloody go. Yes, baby. Boom. Okay. Oh, it's Peacock though. Oh, where where can I find Peacock? I don't know. I'm sure this will be on something. I think Peacock stuff comes to Sky usually. Does it? I'm not sure. Because I wanted to watch a film or a series. I'm not sure what it was with um, Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson. Oh, Meet Cute. Yeah. That is on in the UK. That's a Prime original now. That's on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, I'm gonna check it out then. Cool. Yeah. Okay. okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Hello, Miss Gale. I'm happy to oh, it's him. You. What's his name? Yeah. Adrian Brody. Give. Hmm? Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. I only know if something is alive. And the real trick of it is figure out she's why. I love her, she's so great. She's so good. There's been a murder, and I'm trying to figure out. And it definitely looks like his work. Yeah. It's not mysterious. It's tragic. And the oh, cast looks crazy. Amazing. Ah, oh, it looks good. Right? Yeah, but it looks very good. <laughs> yeah, pretty short trailer, but um, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. I think it'll be good. It looks good. Uh, you know. I like Natasha Leon a lot. 
So that, there's a new show coming out called Gen V, which is you've never watched The Boys, have you? No. So The Boys is like a parody. It's very yeah. good. You should watch it. But it's a parody yeah. of like Justice League type stuff. Mm. Um, Gen V is a spin-off that seems like it's an X Men parody. It's set in like that world's version of what the X Men school would be. And, ah, okay. Um, it, should be good, hopefully. The Idol is coming to HBO, and this is the show that's been made by The Weeknd and stars him with Lily Rose Depp. The Weeknd? Um, like the singer yeah, of The Weeknd? Yeah, like the singer of The Weeknd. Mm. Um, it looks a bit rubbish, but we'll see. Um, and then Velma, which I'm pretty... I'm looking forward to Velma. This is the animated Velma show, you know, Scooby-Doo Velma. Okay. Um, but she it's been made by Mindy Kaling and Velma mm. in this is of Southeast Asian descent. I think that's the right. Oh, nice. One, uh, which has caused controversy online because of course. people people are you know. gross. Yeah. Um, people are gross. Not everybody, yeah. but a lot of them. And then the very last thing is we've got some new Marvel TV shows to look out for next year that will be presumably of varying quality. <laughs> what if season two? Season one of What If was rubbish, oh, so yeah. we'll see what that. Yeah, um, Loki season two, Loki season Ooh, one was great, so that was hopefully so that'll good. be good. Secret Invasion, which they have put out a trailer for Secret Invasion. That's the that's the Samuel Jackson mm. one. Um, that looks cool, so hopefully that'll be good. Iron Heart, um, who is a character that was in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Mm. Um, who I don't know. We'll see. Echo is kind of a spin off of the Hawkeye show, starring a character from that. Okay. Uh, and then we've got Agatha, Coven of Chaos, which is a spin-off of WandaVision following uh, ah, Catherine yes. Hahn's Agatha Harkness. Oh, that might um, be good, I think. Yeah, I hope that's good. And I can't remember who it is now, but they've announced some cast members of that recently that it, it sounds like it'd be cool. So... Exciting. Yeah. yeah. Exciting And I'm going to write them all down this year, and I'm going to be yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. Who knows how many of these we'll be talking about in our top 10 next year, or if there'll yeah. be some big surprises, etc. But um, yeah. yeah, it's been quite the year, and next year promises to be another year. And uh, we'll be back with you for most of it starting the 12th of January. Yes. With our top five movie quotes episode. Back to a nice classic top five to get the year started. Yes. Um, which I'm looking forward to. Hopefully you are as well. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Back, back, rolling again from the January. Mm. So yeah, thank you, everyone. It's been a delight to be, you know, in your presence again, and um, hope you have a lovely holiday season or whatever you decide to do. However you decide to mark the occasion of a year ending, we hope that you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, as always, uh, we are on um various social media platforms. Uh, we are nowadays most active on TikTok. Yeah, we're young and hip and trendy and relevant. Um, but you can so still find us on Instagram and other places and uh, we'd love to hear from you what you think, what you want, what you like, what you don't like, etc. Um, any any thoughts or opinions you have, please send them to us. You can find the links to all that stuff along with our email address and a list of stuff we've talked about in the show notes for this episode along with every other episode. So please do go and read those. And um, yeah, we'll see you in a few weeks. I hope you have a nice uh, break and yes. love you very much. Bye. bye. Thank you. See you in 2023. Bye, 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 bye.